2: Hello and welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that could think of a thousand things we'd rather be doing than discussing another Chelsea defeat. Um, despite the opening five games, he still had hope that things would come good and Chelsea could beat Aston Villa. Is that because Poch is right and it's the small details that need to click, or because we're just idiots? Poch made one change to the team that couldn't score against Bournemouth, and guess what? We couldn't score against Aston Villa either. Chelsea had their chances. Mudrick's defence-splitting pass put Jackson through on goal but the striker, if we can really call him that, seemed to get the ball caught between his legs and Martinez saved it. World Cup winner Enzo Fernandez playing in a more advanced role, put a glorious chance over the bar after Gusto was able to get in down the right-hand side. Sanchez kept the scores level with two world-class saves in the first half and at the start of the second half it was Raheem Sterling's time to spurn a great opportunity to put Chelsea ahead. Then the game changed as Gusto was judged by the AR to have made a red card worthy challenge on Lucas Dean. Despite getting the ball, the follow through, and the subsequent still niche used to show the referee on the monitor meant Gusto's game ended prematurely. And after going down to ten men, you'd want/slash expect your most senior players to help steady the ship. But a rare Thiago Silva mistake allowed Villa to counter attack, and after making an initial block, Colwell could only watch in horror as Watkins put the ball through the legs of Sanchez at his near post. Chelsea had chances to equalise, most notably through Ben Chilwell, but Chelsea, being Chelsea, couldn't find the back of the net. Six games, one win, two draws, four defeats. Five points. This quite simply is relegation form, and given the run of fixtures between now and Christmas, there's a very real possibility that Chelsea find themselves in the bottom three as we the 2024. <laughs> a reality none of us expected, and certainly none of us want, but it's a reality we must come to terms with. This is the Chelsea Fancast episode number 1066 Down with the Chelsea. <laughs> um, and joining me on the show tonight, <laughs> we've had a late change to the lineup um, as JK's uh, not doing very well, and Dan Silva's got jet lag. So we have uh, from Friday night, uh, joining us back again is Mr Mark Meehan. Mark, good to see you again.
1: Good to see you, Dean, and uh, best wishes to J.K. Sorry to hear he's not well this evening. Hopefully, our performance yesterday didn't make him ill. He was already ill to start with, but hopefully he'll be back on the show very quickly on Friday. But it is a squad game, as we've said many times before. Yeah,
2: unlike Chelsea, we can call Chelsea, we've properties. got a number of key yep.
1: players out at the moment, but we've got a very good squad at the Chelsea fan yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, And also joining us, uh, I put him down as Mr Positive.
2: Is Mr Tony Glover. Tony, good to see you again.
3: And you, Dean. And and it's nice to be called Mr Positive because I used to be a right miserable old bastard uh, in the days when we won stuff. And I find myself in this odd position of still having faith in players, manager and the owners and uh, everything that's going on. I just think, you know... um, but maybe it's because I'm so long in the tooth. Maybe that's what it is. And 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 I endured the twenty seven years between nineteen seventy one um and nineteen ninety seven um and Hullitz FA Cup win when we just were uh, a basket case of a club. So, you know, when, when when I see all of this I do I can't help but be the bloke in the corner saying who sits there saying, You lot you ain't seen nothing yet, you know what I mean? So good to be here though. Lovely to see you and lovely to see Mark.
2: Yeah, well, we had um, lots of comments last Monday about Marco and JK being uh, very depressing uh, and downbeat about Chelsea. And that was after a draw. Um, This is after a defeat. So hopefully we don't get the same uh, complaints this week. Um, On the show tonight, in part one, we're going to react to Poch's team selection, ask if the game was just another typical Chelsea performance and discuss that red card. Uh, In part two, reflect on the team and Poch's reactions to the red card. Talk through the stats that suggest it's just the final piece of the puzzle needed and ask That's if it is the really team relegation form. Uh, then in part three, we'll look ahead to what is now a huge caramel cup, Ferguson, uh, this Wednesday. Um, now, as always, you can listen to the show live. Uh, JK's not here to say live. Tony, do you want to do the live for me? And it's live. It's even better than JK, uh, every Monday bad, and actually, Friday yeah. <laughs> at 730 pm by heading to Mixler. That's mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast and join the show via the live chat page as so many of you do. And we have got a very busy house tonight. Um, Mr. Tony Glover's in the house, yes, uh, Gregory Gardner, uh, Diana's in the house as always, Chelsea Paul 25, Popper 79, Mr. Ian Burgess, David Lotsey, uh, Leaf K, Chelsea Grave Society. Andy the Hutch, Pete 4-2, and it's frozen on me again. There we go. Uh, Anyone else? I've not seen you, so thanks for joining us anyway. Um, We're going to get into all the talking points right after this. As you were here Friday, uh, we'll talk through the team news because we sort of guessed it would be sort of something like what he put out. Um, I think the the surprise was Casado because last week against Bournemouth, he said he was ready and he didn't play. Um, and Then before this game, he said he wasn't ready and played him anyway. Um, but Mudrick as well, keeping
1: his, his place. And I think you're the one that said that, weren't you? I, I was. I, I was the one that predicted that Mudrick would start. Um, and I probably would have gone for Casado had I not been put off by Pochettino's press conference on Friday. So I went for Les in midfield instead. So I got 10 out of 11, right? So that's probably my best ever Chelsea fan cast prediction and it's a damn sight better than my Prem predictions. <laughs> uh, I'm languishing at <laughs> about 93rd place at this present moment in time. Uh, and I saw Chid's had a very good weekend while he's been, been away. He's scored over 200 points. Um Yeah, I thought Mudrick would play. I thought he'd get a chance and... I had a lot of sympathy. I know we're going to talk about the red card later. I had a lot of sympathy for Midrick, um on Sunday. I thought he had a very good first half. That run he had and the ball he put across the box, you'd be screaming for a player to be on the end of it. And I'm <laughs> certain a Honan Crespo or a Gianluca Vialli in their pomp would have been there tapping it in from a couple of yards out. Um, yeah, he had shown some really bright sparks uh, on Sunday, Mudrick. And I think I think we have to persist with him. There is There is something about him. Yeah, he has got a turn of pace. Yeah, we're not sending him out on loan in January. So I'm, I'm pleased we went with him. But clearly, we're in a very strange place. Chelsea Football Club is present moment in time. It might be a tough gig to many people supporting Chelsea, but we do support Chelsea. They're our team. And I did go for the win on Sunday. And I'm surprised that we didn't get the win, but we'll go into that in far greater detail um, over the next couple of hours I think. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, Tony, what did you make of the team? Because obviously just just the change and we we can't score, but nothing's really changing.
3: No. Uh, So it's like um, uh, the sort of allegorical of the who phrase, which is, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Um, I looked at the team. I I was surprised to see Cacete. I was pleased to see him because I thought he had a good game as well. Um, He seems to be growing in confidence into the kind of... um, uh, you know the, the the plan B for Declan Rice not coming to us that I expected him to be. Mudrick, I was really pleased to see. I thought we had a good game. I thought he was a tad unfortunate to be taken off, um, but you he's you know this, this is a it should be a nice problem for Pochettino, um, and what to do with Ben Chilwell and um Mudrick and and find a way of accommodating them both potentially on that left at uh, left hand side by putting Ben Chilwell back into the uh, the left-back position or whatever, um, uh, and all the rest of them. Um, one of the things I've I've got a bit twitchy about on Twitter as well was a few people criticising Sanchez for the goal. Listen, that bloke dug us out of the shit for the last two games, right? Uh, and that was a brilliant strike by Ollie Watkins. We all sat there and just thought, how did he get it in? Right. So I think people need to back off Sanchez. It's all starting to sound a bit like the old bully boy tactics that are used on Kepper and John Obi, Mikel and God knows whoever else they want the boo boys to have a go at. Um, to me, he looks like a bloody good goalkeeper. And it's so nice to see a Chelsea goalkeeper come out for crosses and take them with confidence and distribute the ball quickly and everything. Uh, my biggest disappointment, which was seeing him on the team sheet. I had hope for him, but the more I see of him, the more I think he's just Loic Remy in disguise. Um, And that's Nick Jackson. I'm tired of hearing about good movement. I'm tired of hearing about speed. Mate, I just want someone to stick the ball in the back of the net. I want somebody who shoots, who knows where the goal is, who takes his chances, who doesn't fart about trying to find somebody else doesn't get indecisive with which foot I should use here or whatever. Should I take another step? Should I try and take this player on? Mate, just score a goal. Just start doing what you're paid for. Because if you are a striker, that's what you're paid for. And I always refer back, and I was talking to a mate of mine today day I play walking football with. We're both on the injury list, but we thought we'd go along and support the lads. Um, And uh, and I said to him, you know, I I look at Erling Haaland. He's not a good footballer not a good football in any way, shape or form. He's nowhere near the skill levels of Giroud or Drogba or whatever. I'll tell you what he is. He's a Gunter Netzer, one for the teenagers there. Uh, a Gert Muller, a Gary Lineker. He knows where to be in the box. And Alan Shearer, he scores goals. His whole thing is around scoring goals. And it creates a distraction that, that the other teams are scared of. And yet we've got this mentality which has been hanging around the years of this, we should be able to get goals from all over the pitch. I'm sick to the death of it. We should be able to get goals from a bloody striker or better, two strikers. and An Elka drogba kind of link-up. Jackson might be that Anelka kind of player. But at the moment, it ain't Sterling. Uh, and Ben Chilwell, who's usually got a good shot on him, um, so that seems to have left him. So I'm, I'm disappointed with Nick Jackson. I, I would be well, uh, he's got a fifth yellow card anyway, which was absolutely outrageous that decision because uh, Martinez hit the ball at him and he sold that to the referee. Um, but he, he may be taking him out of the firing line for a while, is what's needed. Maybe Broger, who puffed and puffed when he came on, but you know, the boy's been out for a whole season, hasn't he? I think Broger. More yeah,
1: or less, literally, more or less yeah. this time
3: So, you know, it's a big ask to try and get yeah. him involved in the game, but. Um, Yeah, I I, I thought that, you know, I'm I'm with you, what you said earlier, Dean. At the Red Card, we were more than holding our own. In fact, I would argue we were the better side playing, the better football. But we are a chisel with with a blunt point at the moment. The
1: thing that surprised me about Villa, um, because I said on Friday's show, uh, I thought Villa would really come out and be a really attacking side, Hmm. but they didn't. No, you know, they were very, very defensive. Maybe they've got play- players missing. And McGinn, who I rate really highly, I thought Conor Gallagher just, as well as kicking lumps out of him, um, was far better than McGinn in midfield. And I think McGinn mm. got substituted late- later on. Um, so the Villa, were, and obviously the goal they got was basically a counter attack from our corner. They it was a sucker punch. They, they hit us on the break. So I was surprised but I, I thought obviously they bloody won though. So their tactic worked and I didn't. I think on Jackson. I think Jackson. I think you're right, Tom. I think he needs someone up beside him. Yeah, he was too easily bullied at times yesterday. He might need a season in the Premier League. You know, he mm-hmm. might need a year to adjust to it. It's fine. Maybe scoring goals. You know, in Spain, he had a bit of a purple patch towards the end of the season, probably why we bought him. But it just seems at the moment, you know, wh- where we seem to be is we we need that sort of star quality play out, and we probably you know. Which we should have bought, but we didn't. Maybe we will in January. That star quality player getting you 20 goals this season, it might have been um our injured player in Kunku. We don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. But we need that star quality player to play up front with Jackson. He, he does he does lots of runs, yeah. You know, he he seems a clever player, but it just seems easily brushed off the ball. Yeah. And he's finishing that chance he had yesterday. And I take your point about Sanchez as well. Having played in goal, and Clayton, if he was on here, be part of the goalkeepers' union, I thought Sanchez was superb, Yes, Those saves were world-class. Yeah. Yes, it, it was his fault for the goal. Yeah, you, goal, I've, I've been making enough time in goal. Goalie should save them. But my God, if, if it wasn't for these two saves, the game would have been done and dusted by then. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I would say also, had we taken our chances during the course of the game, the red card would have been academic. Yes, if we'd taken those chances, we'd have been we'd have been down to ten men. The substitution would be different. We would have parked the bus because yeah. we would have been holding on to a one nil lead, yes. and I think we'd have been quite capable of defending that, as we've only conceded five goals this season. The red card yeah. was key at the whole game, but Sanchez kept us in the first half. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, this is you know exactly what Potts
2: said at, at full time to, to Chelsea. Um, you know, he, he said we should have won the game in the first forty five minutes, and you know that's the, the Jackson chance. Probably the Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez chance as well. Uh, Tony, you know, this result because of that feels like the game before that and the game before that and the game before that, you know, the same missed chances that it cost us. Mm. And do you see anything that will change because we can't buy another player? And Gugu's not going to come back from injury. Can't buy a goal, Dean. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, going to take time to get fit. I mean, are we just going to be repeating these conversations? I for mean, six weeks.
3: You know, we should have learnt a lot from the West Ham. We were so much the better team in that game. Um, we, and we, we did ourselves in by not taking the multitude of chances um, and a kind of slackness and, and almost arrogance about it. I wasn't at the Forest game, but when you read the statistics, and I, as you probably all well know, I hate statistics. I hate this penchant for bloody dashboards and heat maps and shit like that. Go out to the game, watch it, and you can work out yourself what's going on. But um I I feel like we're a bit like Mercedes in the Formula One, right? In that we've got some, you know, we've got some bloody good drivers and we've got a bloody good car, right? But we just haven't quite got it right yet. You know, we need to tighten up a nut or a bolt somewhere in or something. We need just a little bit more finesse on the on one of the, I'm not a Formula One man, as you can tell by the way I'm talking about nuts and bolts, but um uh you know, a, a better spoiler or whatever they have or, or whatever. I just think we're, we're not far off. And I, I recall, you know, this is Pochettino's first season back in the Premier League, right? We had a good pre-season. We looked pretty good. Um, we looked eager to win. Klopp's first season, everyone criticised Klopp about the fact that he, his team couldn't defend. Man City were blue hot and cold until Guardiola came in, right? Um, Man United, I think, the suffering are suffering in arguably a worse place than us post Ferguson, right? Um, I, I think Eric Ten Hag must be on some very dodgy ground with some of the results they're getting, and and some of his man management stuff. And I think that Arsenal, three years ago, when the Arsenal fans were crying out for Marteta to go, stuck with him because they could see and they would discuss. They've obviously discussed with the ball where they were going, right? And and I think that's what we need. We've had too much of this. You know, look, you know. I, I tweeted out today. It's what I'm hearing is play the kids. Don't play the kids. Play experience. Play the kids. No play experience. Well, people get me. We haven't got any experience. Raheem Sterling, Thiago Silva, Ben Chilwell. What? 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 They just started playing last season, did they? They are experienced players. Um We are missing a striker. We're probably. Maybe a little bit thin when Rhys James has gone. But I like Gusto. I really like him. I think he's fast. He played some fantastic through balls yesterday, and and he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, People are having a go in, and yet he looked like the best player on the pitch in the second half at times. So I, I just don't get the negativity. And I think what people are doing is they're looking at the club and going, "These owners are absolute bastards." Therefore, the team is shit, and the manager's shit, and everything's shit. And I'm like, Grow up, grow the. I'm going to swear, I don't know, Grow the fuck up on this one, right? And have a look around and see where other teams have been in the past and what they've done and what they've stuck with, right? And people have sacked Pochettino, driving me mad. Who else is there? Don't go Robert Roberto Deserbi, how did that work out for us last time we got a Brighton manager, right? I'm just not having it, just at the moment, Pochettino's in there, he knows what the problems are, he sees the players, Right. And frankly, if you're one of these people saying he played him out of position, he played. I think Pochettino knows a bit more about football management than anyone else that's on Twitter, on the fancast, or anywhere. So I'm being positive because I think it, sometimes you have to have a reset. The big reset was the government tried to close us down. uh Roman was sanctioned. And we've had a new set of owners come in with a completely different idea of how things are done. But they have spent money. Just imagine if they hadn't. Where would you all be now? You know what I mean? You'd all be out on the streets and they haven't spent any money on us. Well, they have. Just got to give it some time and and, and have a bit of patience and and get behind the bloody team. Instead of sitting there catcalling and booing them off at a full time. I'm not
1: sure. I'm not sure yesterday, Tony. I don't think yeah. they're necessarily booing the team off. I thought they were booing the referee off. At the they end might because, have been. He, he, yeah, his, I, I his decisions,
3: so. I thought the red card yeah. was harsh. I thought yeah. the fact that he only played one minute, and 50 seconds of minimum three minutes at the end of the first half was scandalous. I don't know how he's got away with that one. But when I hit, you know, some people will have been booing because they're spoiled, they're acting like spoiled brats in my view. Um, and I just think you need to give some of this a bit of time. And I'm trying to be positive and say, actually, do you know what? If it comes good, when this thing clicks together, when Mercedes suddenly turns into Red Bull or whatever it is, uh, the Red Bull are a good team this season in Formula One, I think yeah, they might be. <laughs> Who's yeah, it for? Yeah. drives for anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah, then 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 we might. It's probably too late for any salvaging of, of of position in this season. But I don't think we're relegation fodder. I think we're way too good for that. I think Pochettino's too experienced, and I think these players every time they suffer a defeat like yesterday. It hurts them. The red card changed everything. Um, and even when we were down to 10, we'd still tried. It wasn't like... Uh, Baku Brian, Brian Wolfe, I think you all know him, yeah? Did a brilliant thing today. Uh, I think it was uh, Brian. Um, but someone on Twitter anyway said, it wasn't like any single player has down tall. They haven't. They're all trying. They're all, there's, they're all out there trying to get the result that, that we want. Um, and I just think people just really as I put on Twitter, grow up a little bit, stick I think, with it. I think, I think I think
1: one great. of the problems, Tony, you mentioned a really good word there, patience. And I think what we've got, and it is a different beast, and I'd, I'd use the game as an example in the 2005-06 season, when we're going for the title for the second time and Manish gets sent off really early and we're 1-0 down at West Ham for 10 men and we come back to 4-1 and win the game. And that was a key part of going on to win our second title. And you had that whole ground, Behind the team. It is, it's a bit strange now. People don't know whether stick or twist in that ground amongst that 40,000. Mm. There'll be people yesterday who got behind the team. You know, that, that was clear. You know, people got behind the team when we went down to 10 men. But there were people, you know, we got a lot of impatient people at Stamford Bridge these days. And I, I'd liken it. what I was saying yesterday is like making that comparison. I went to the Viale game, and the Viale game, like 36,000 people, an absolutely tremendous atmosphere there. And I think at times, if it's not, and that's what I was saying on Friday, we need an early goal. Yeah, you know, We need an early goal to stop the moaning. Yeah, you know, They get behind the team because you know, Chelsea are winning. And I think it's too easy for people to be critical. People moan. People then go on Twitter during the game saying it's all shit because they lack patience. And there is a bit of sport entitlement you know, in, in, the, in there as well. But ha- having said that, it is, it is difficult at this present moment in time because what we've got is I'd liken it to making a salad. You have know, you've, you've given Mercedes ugly food. Um, so <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like, it's like like a salad. So, we know there's the, we want to make the best salad possible and we've thrown in lots of ingredients. But you know, we've thrown in too many ingredients at this present moment in time and you're trying to mix that salad together to come up with the clothing and it isn't there yet. A, a lot of these players, they've got to get to know each other. And I think pre-season, I think, raised a high level of expectation probably too much. Um, they got to get to know each other i I disagree, I think on, on some of Pochettino's um, tactics and election, I'd pay I'd, we've got to now, obviously with the red card for Gustav. I'd play Ben Chilwell at left back and I think he has to now let's play Silver and Colwell centre yeah. and play De at right back I think you've yeah. got to play and I think it helps Mudrick as well I think yeah. you've got to play Chilwell and Mudrick together in that side and they can, you know Play down that left hand side together. One can cover for the other. One can do uh, outside runs. And I think that that could be the helping of Mudrick as well, having Ben Chil- Chilwell beside him. And I think it didn't work yesterday. Fernandez further forward. I put Connor further forward. The yeah. whole idea of buying Casado for me, I thought,
3: was to sit behind.
1: Yeah, you know, but also all sit beside yeah. Fernandez. You know, yeah. They then come as a pair. Yeah. You know? So Casado sits further back, Fernandez a bit further. But Connor then is the one further forward. He's been, and... He was excellent
3: yesterday, Gallagher. Absolutely, yeah. of some of his touches, some of his yeah. turns were superb.
1: Yeah, again, and, it super. Yeah, and that's why I said it's it's a funny time at this present moment in here. Yeah, even just chatting to Chelsea fans, it's like all the more longer-standing ones. There's there's a bit of a shrug of the shoulders thinking, well, that wasn't very good, but they'll all be back there on Wednesday, Wednesday night against Brighton, um, and I think it helps. Yeah, you know, if, if the team are performing where we currently are, Chelsea Football Club, and that's difficult. Where we need to get behind them from the get go. Uh, I think they need us more than ever in, in terms of support. The other player I would try and find room for, we probably end up with about thirteen players at my team selection. So I thought <laughs> Cole Palmer coming on. I like him. I thought that pass. He was. It, I think the one he set through for the chance from Chilwell was mm. a superb pass. Yeah. He's got a beautiful left foot. So yeah. whether he or not we play like- him. Whether or not we play him either further forward, or if if we give Jackson some support when he's back inside, do we try four four two? Shall we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard at the moment. It's, it, as I said, it's, like it's a tough gig supporting Chelsea at present moment in time. But we're only six games in this season, and you're absolutely right. Even though the bookies have slashed the odds today um, from what it was at the start, season, I cannot possibly see us getting relegated. No way, no how. Yeah. I, I was there in 78-9. It's my first year as a season ticket holder. You know, this is supposedly our worst season since then, may, maybe. 78-9 um, you know, was certainly worse worst start. Um, even if we have a really tough season and you know, people said, oh, look at those seven fixtures, which are tough, coming up um, in October, November. But kind of out loud. Do you honestly yeah. think Burnley, Luton and Sheffield United are going to finish above us? No way, how? No, no way. No way. But that's not to say we might finish in the latter part of the table unless we start scoring goals soon. And that's back yeah. to my point. We don't have at the moment that star quality player that turns when we're drawing a game into a victory. And if we're behind, they might save us a point in the last minute by getting a new goal. That's what we're missing at this present moment in time. And that might be because the player, as I said earlier, we hope to do that, is out injured at this present moment. Yeah, I mean, you both make you know
2: really great points there, and and because Trish is not here, I've got some stats for part two, to sort of back up what you were yeah. saying, Tony, about sort of it's just it's it's there or thereabouts. Um, Mark, I just want to pick up on on the midfield because I think that's an area where. You know, I think we can look to find a better balance and maybe make your salad taste a bit nicer, or make the car go a bit faster for Tony, depending <laughs> on what an do. And the salad
3: one's much better. I, I don't know anything about Formula One. I was just thinking, who used to be a good team? That's all right.
2: <laughs> but for, for me, it's, it's, the, it's the Enzo and Gallagher connection that, that doesn't really work for me. Hmm. Enzo's not a further forward. but he's not a ten, nor's Connor, in my opinion. They both do different things fantastically well. Um you mentioned Cole Palmer. Could put in, someone like him in the ten and maybe focus more on creativity than industry might help us score a few more goals, even if it
1: does make us a bit more vulnerable defensively. Is that something or, we can or, yeah, you, the balance? You, it, it might it might be. We might we might need to try things. Um because um obviously the conundrum is Fernandez Gallagher. You can't drop Gallagher, no way. Yeah, he each week what he brings to the side, the effort, you know, the grit, and as I said, you know, I just thought sort was of fabulous. I think McGinn is a really good midfield player, and yeah. I thought Gallagher got the better of him better yesterday. Obviously, Fernandez will play, Casino will play. I think you probably have to find a way to have those two, Gallagher and three others. Yeah. So whether you go four four two, bring in Palmer, maybe do a four three one two to have Palmer behind two two players. I think. Palmer, I think, will play on Wednesday. I think he'll get a start. Jackson's out. Now, what, what ban will he get for five bookings? Will he get well, one-match one ban? Yeah, get one-match ban. So we need to find someone to play up top. And again, Sterling. What do I say about Sterling? He does the hard things brilliantly. Yeah. He does damning you know, with
3: faint plays, but you're right. Yeah, yeah
1: he does. when you, yeah, you know, when he's in a tight corner, he'll twist and he'll turn, he'll make, and he did that many times yesterday. But my God, he fails to do the easy stuff. Yeah. Put the bloody ball in one-on-one at keeper. Although I have to say, although I'm praising Sanchez, good game. I'd love to have Martinez as our goalkeeper. Yeah, what a, a horrible, house, what a, a horrible one. shit out of it. Yeah, is.
3: absolutely, <laughs> agree Yeah.
1: Yeah. As you say, he got Jackson booked. He time wasted, and he made some blinding saves at his yeah. as well yesterday. I did, I,
3: can I just say, I was say about Fernandez as well? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, was, I think he's he's going to be a massive, massive part of, of of the future for us. But he took a knock in the first half, uh, and it took him a good few minutes. I think it was on his knee because uh, we were all sitting there thinking, "Oh, not another knee injury, like you know, for another player." Uh, but it took a good five five minutes at least to run it off. He was, you know, sort of hobbling a bit. And then in the second half, one of the Vila players targeted that knee, right, or targeted the same leg and went in on him and he went down. Because Fernandes got up and I thought he was going to punch the guy, which wouldn't have been great, but would have been justified. And I'm wondering whether he took a knock and that affected his game yesterday a little bit. Um, I mean, the club haven't released anything about it, but it just seemed, it, I wasn't the only one that noticed that he'd taken the knock and then got another knock on the same leg. And it looked like he had been targeted, you know, that someone had said, like, you know, if we if we get him on that, we might get him off the pitch. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll take your point about Martin. He's an absolute horrible uh, shit out of a man, but... What a goalkeeper. And sometimes he reminds me, he's he's an Argentinian version of Peter Schmeichel. He doesn't stop shouting. He doesn't stop screaming at his back four. Um, At one point, he looked to me like he was shouting at the referee yesterday. Um, I think he bought the the, the yellow card for Jackson. And Jackson naively stood in front of him or whatever. But, you know, uh, I think that was very clever on Martini's part. Um, but he should have been booked in the first five minutes for time wasting, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, so and it looked to me that that was Villa's game plan a little bit was, it you know that kind of would get under our skin from free kicks, from throw-ins. There was a lot of time being spent on that. I mean, there was eleven minutes at the end of the uh, the, the game, as we all know, um, eleven torturous minutes. I've got to say, but I do think Villa's game plan in there was to push the time wasting to the very limit
2: and you think Mark that is because of the inexperience and you know for me it's the experienced players that aren't stepping up which is probably more of the problem and you know I would single out Wrecking Sterling as one of those you know a player that you want to you know pick up the game by the scruff of mm. the net like Hazard used to do and you know drag us to, to the goal and, and get us the goal and he, he's burned two great opportunities he just don't seem to be doing it I don't know if he's not in like his heart's not in it or he's just picking up his paycheck and if he can get out, he'll get out. But for me, you know, I want those players like Sterling to, to really stand up and be counted and we're just not seeing them. And I think mm-hmm. that's why, for me, Connor has to play. You know, even yes. if he to he's balance the team. He brings that to the team. and Yes, he
3: does. We need that. 100%, I agree with you. He was... To think that there was all this talk about him going to West Ham and Newcastle, which would have infuriated me, that would have been possibly one to tip me away from... Um, you know, being on the fence about the ownership of the club, uh, I'm pretty sure that Pochettino would have had a say in saying no, he doesn't go. I'm pretty sure Pochettino wouldn't have come into the club um, without having some contractual leverage in players in and players out. <laughs> May not be the final say, but I just don't see Pochettino as the puppet type manager um, who just take the players and you know, as we've seen with some of our previous managers, just just you know, take what you're given and get on with it. Um, but Gallagher yesterday and every game this season he's impressed me. He, he, you know people go, oh, he's a yellow card waiting to happen. That's the referees that are targeting him there, because um you know he's he's an aggressive player. Um, occasionally you might get the timing wrong, but he's an aggressive, assertive player. And some of the passes and some of the little touches he made yesterday were outstanding. And like you said, uh, he had a bit of a battle. I wasn't sure who it was with, but as you said, it was with McGinn. And he was fantastic. I think he came out on top pretty much every time Um, and he never stopped chasing and tracking and trying to make stuff happen. Um, We let him go at our peril and I hope we don't because I tell you what, that boy is going to be a big star for us, I think.
2: Yeah, I think, Mark, do you think the ownership will sort of see that and the way they've got rid of some of the academy players in the summer because they can sell them and they get the profit on the books? They they maybe realise that they will lose that from the squad and you know, you're getting all these young players in that have no connection to the club whatsoever. And you do need it in football. And it's it's it is not a business. It is, you know, a human
1: game with human emotion. You need to factor in as well. I still have a major anxiety um about the ownership's approach to the academy so far. Um, especially more recently, they've been using it as a cash cow. And so I'm delighted that Connor is still here. I, I thought that they might see him as like fifty million quid to balance balance the books. I'll be delighted once you know he's still here in January. I'd hate to think they would sell him, but this is a different beast running the club now. This isn't you know Roma Brnovich losing money every year. Yeah, you know, this administration is here to balance the books, and one way they see the books balancing, unfortunately, is they see obviously the academy you know as pure profit.
3: Can I can I just mm. add to that note? Mm-hmm. I think Abramovich did as well. We, we, he put the academy in place, and, and can we honestly say that under his regime any of the academy players got a real chance? And people go, "Well, Mason Mount and Reese James." Well, that was Frank Lampard and a transfer ban, who was left with little choice. Because don't forget, one was at Derby. I think Reece was at Wigan. Okay, uh, but prior to that, what well, happened? Kakuta, where did he go? Uh, McCracken, where did he go? Billy Gilmore, Tuchel sold him. Tuchel didn't want him, mm. so I, I I think the the, the academy has always been a clever, if not quite as public revenue stream as it is now, where uh, where the owners are going to balance and say, look, you know, we've got this production line of good players here um, that may or may not be good for us, but we can use it as a revenue stream. I think Abramovich did very much the same thing. It was just less publicised and and and, and uh, more quietly done. And let's be fair; I've, I've said this before. We started the fancast, you know, the people who were giving it the old, you know, bring back Roman and all this sort of stuff, because all moaning that the owners aren't telling them what's going on. Lest we forget, the previous owner they'd never said anything about what was going on. None of them. Kenyon was the only one who ever engaged with the fans. Guy Lawrence didn't. Uh, you know, what I mean, uh, and Roman Abramovich, Marina Granovskaya ever seen a press interview with her? No you know so I think um, people should put that card back in the pack because it's just not valid. but I think in this particular case you're right. I think it's just probably a bit more public and obvious and and it's not a dishonorable thing. you know I, I think if you're giving away really talented top players uh, whilst your team is suffering, then that would be wrong. But I've not seen much in the way of evidence for that. Lewis Hall's gone off to Newcastle. Has he had a game yet? You know, I mean, you know, Billy Gilmore, I, actually, that may well come back and bite us on the because Deservey seems to be giving him the chance and he, he had a bloody stormer against Man United the other week. Um, but not many of the academy have left and gone on to, uh, you know, be sort of vying for the Ballon d'Or or anything. So I'm, I'm not overly worried about it. I would like to see us put more faith in some of those players. But uh, you know, I, I think it's it is a revenue stream, but it's not particularly. I, I don't see that as a particularly dishonourable thing yeah. in, entirely.
1: I, I think my my wider concern is is just the culture it creates within the club, uh, and I think Frank changed that culture. And I think some of it there's a history of Chelsea managers that never played the kids because it was all about results, and if they didn't get the results, they'd lose their job, so they weren't going to risk playing the kids. I think one of the problems is is. Buying players who are exactly the same age as many of these kids who've come through the academy now, done their stint, might have gone out on loan and potentially might be ready for first team football. I think it's sort of like it's shutting the door on them. And they're now mm. thinking, and you're seeing examples like where they're saying, Well, I'm not, you know, like Matson's a good example. Yeah. You know, Matson, you know, is toying with signing his contract because he's sort of think, Well, oh, hang on a minute, yeah. I've done me loan. I did really well at Burnley last season. I I really fancy my, you know, my place in the team, but he won't sign a contract because I think he wants yeah. guarantees about sort of first team football. Yeah. And I think was it Charlie is it Charlie Webster's gone on loan? But I think, you know, Charlie Webster was frustrated as well. So you've yeah. got young players with a lot of talent seeing literally even in some cases players younger than them you yeah. know being bought. Uh, and I think there is that culture and I was lucky enough to go down like to Cobham last year, uh, when we were doing the sleep out and meet the academy side, and they have got an absolutely brilliant manager in Mark Robson, and he's a Chelsea fan, yeah uh, and I met and I met Mason Burstow there, and Mason gave me a tour of Coburn. and you couldn't meet a nicer, grounded young man, and yeah. I was delighted he got his first team debut, and I hope he does really well at Sunderland. but he, he talks about, and they all talk about across the road, yeah, yeah you, you go from the academy dressing room into the first-team dressing room, or you train with the first team instead of training Yeah. Culturally and psychologically, it's a massive step up. Oh, yeah. The concern of all these players coming in at a similar age, it might shut doors to academy players that um, it won't be about selling. They'll want to go, or they'll run their contracts down, and they'll go on free transfers, and they won't renew their contract. So there's a real risk to some of the things that we are doing.
3: It's, it's interesting because Pochettino once was famously quoted as saying he wouldn't buy a player that was going to block the path of one of the um, Spurs academy players who would be as good. Uh, and, and, and you know, you say, well, he might have had some saying some of the players that are going or whatever. You know, academies are a great idea, and I, I, I fully endorse what you just said. You know, that the impact of bringing in players will make people. It's like the you know, remember that time. Um, when we played, come in, Was it? We played uh, in the year Porto won the Champions League and we got knocked out. Monaco, was oh, it?
1: Oh, in the semi final, yeah. Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. And, and I yeah. just
3: remember thinking, seeing Joe Cole on the bench um, and Ranieri bought um, Garon on. And you can almost see Joe Cole thinking, just how shit has everybody else got to be before <laughs> I get a game? Yeah. And I, I, that would be, that's the kind of thing you can think of. You, they see these younger players coming and thinking, well, Hold on! What's going on here? What What are we being here for? But academies will all make mistakes, and you know I will throw the name Declan Rice out as somebody that the academy let go. And and okay. now look at him. I mean, um, you know I, I want Lewis Hall. I I had big hopes for him, and I kind of want him to succeed. Obviously, not now as much. Um, now he's at Newcastle, but um. I, I, I do take your point. And I do think, though, when I look at Matson, I'm very impressed with him. Uh, the bench against Bournemouth, I've never heard of half those players. I've got to be honest with you. Um, you know. Um, but it's encouraging. And I think this is why I'm so pissed off with the fact that so many people are going, you know, poch, the poch out brigade, all right? You know, this is a man with a proven track record of development of younger players, right? If you think that's going to happen in three months, you're sadly mistaken. Okay, but you know, like I said, I, I, I was optimistic all the way up until that red card. Just and then I think the red card knocked us bandy for about ten minutes.
1: We lost, we lost it. You know. Yeah, there was there was a few minutes there. We just lost it. Completely. Lost it absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah.
3: suddenly started to pull back into it, and arguably it should have equalised. And I think if we'd have equalised, that might well have deflated the Villa bubble a little bit, but. You know, it's 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 fine lines of confidence and uh, and what have you. And I, I think the last couple of minutes were just being played out. In the end, you know, I mean, it, it it was frustrating. But um I think there's enough bright spot. I do. I was surprised at the purchase of Cole Palmer, but what I've seen on I mean, him: quick feet, quick thinking, and a, an absolutely stupendous ability to pass. I mean, long, you know, pick out the ball or whatever. So yeah.
2: Yeah, let, let's talk about the, the red card then. So as you said, it did change yeah. the game. Uh, I wasn't at the game. I obviously watched it, it back on, on TV. Uh, the issue for me, Mark, with it is the VAR shows a still image of the follow-through where his he, he studs are up into uh, yeah. Dean's, uh, Dean's ankle. But yeah, if you watch the whole video, he wins the ball and the player's nowhere near him at the time he kicks the ball. And then it is that follow-through. And they're not watching the whole challenge. He's just seeing that one still image. Um, for me, it's never a red card. I don't even think it's a foul. I think he wins the ball fairly. It's a it's a it's a clean tackle. There's contact in the game. It happens. Um, I mean, he got a yellow card. I think you know that was a, did. that was the wrong decision yeah. as well. I think because they showed that still image, it looks like a red card, and you can see why the refs onto the monitor and said, "Oh, yeah, he studs her up. He's off." What was it in the
1: ground? was it like seeing it live and what was the reaction to that record well the the strange thing there was no reaction when the tackle happened really because it was just a tackle yeah and the referee gave a yellow card that's part of us again what happened then um obviously was the whole VAR thing uh and I always take the viewpoint is once they're going over to the screen you think hello um but also take the viewpoint and we had a good debate about that in, in the pub last night you know the whole point about VAR, it's a clear and obvious error. So it's, it's basically crystal, crystal clear. You've got it wrong, mate. You've got it fundamentally wrong. Now, if I've got it wrong as a referee, I look at that screen for 30 seconds and say, shit, i got that wrong, red card. Uh, he took an eternity yes. to look at that screen. Yeah, if you've taken that long, you're putting reasonable doubt in. Yeah, if yes. it's a clear and obvious error, you walk straight over, you give him a red card. The length of time it took, And then the absolute moment was they put the tackle up on the screen. Yeah. And then when everyone saw that, you know, the noise that went around that ground and what followed that as well, you just sort of thought, you know, I think, I know sort of like they sort of slowed it down and sort of like people posted videos as well. To get a red card for that sort of tackle, you know, you have to be off the ground and you have what they say within the laws of the game is you're out of control. Yeah, I don't think Gusto was out of control. He actually got the ball first. Yes. He was at the ball before, um, how do you pronounce it? Digne or Dine? Yeah. Dine, I think, And yeah. Dine came through afterwards. So the second player to the ball was Dine. So Gusto was there first. And Gusto did follow through on him, yeah, and he did clearly get his ankle. I don't have an issue with the yellow card. I think, yeah, yeah. He, he he followed through and he made contact with the player's ankle. I don't but think really? it was reckless. And um, to get a red card, it has to be reckless. It wasn't off the ground. And he was in control. Yes. You know, he, he was in control because he got the ball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, that, you know, uh, that is a uh, really uh, poor decision. Yeah. And even if Chil would had scored it, you know, it might be different. But that has cost us the game. Yeah. And, and I that think... created that 11-minute negative atmosphere. People were yeah. beating and done by then.
3: Yeah. I yeah. 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 I completely agree. And I thought at the time, I thought, you know, a yellow card... The, 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 look, and I, I don't want to give Villa much credit, but their players weren't kicking up a great big fuss nope. about it, nope. right? So, it wasn't like they'd all surrounded the ref and were bullying him into saying, you know, that's a, a red card. I then did, the only bit of football I saw, other than Sheffield United um, getting panned, uh, was I didn't manage to watch a bit of the, the North London Derby highlights, and Eddie Nketiah did a worse tackle on, I can't remember the guy's names. It, Vincenzo or Vicario or something like that, right? And it, it, that wasn't a red card, and it's the consistency there that d- does my my heading, right? Because it, if you if you watch the Enkettia tackle, it is worse. He has gone in studs up. Um and, and um it, it's it's a blatantly worse tackle. Um and no red card. I don't know if, I don't know if you got a yellow or whatever, but um quite a few people said, you know, Christ almighty, if he's got yeah, why did Gusto go for that? I don't know if it was true, but I was told that Andy Taylor was the um, was the VAR referee. That doesn't sound plausible to me. But no, he wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't. No, right. No. Okay, yeah. That was I looked just at the, the program
1: yesterday. He said who's the ref? It's the Australian Jared Gillett. Right. And I think you know. I looked at his backup team.
3: Uh, Madley was on VAR. Right. Okay. Well, he did. <laughs> I thought he'd done well on the referee. And up until uh, you know up until that cock up at the first half. I don't know what he was thinking of there by blowing up you know over a minute. Of minimum added time to play, Uh, but I thought he'd he'd let the game flow. He seemed to be allowing the game to flow. He seemed to be allowing, you know, some fairly physical challenges to go, which is I prefer. I like to see that. Um, But he made a mistake with that, and I I, I think he kind of lost it a little bit because he started getting a bit card happy in the second half. Um, Like I said, I think you know Nick Jackson shouldn't have got a yellow card because Martinez kicked the ball at him. You can say he shouldn't have been standing in front of Martinez, but he's entitled to. Right. He's absolutely entitled to if he's, if he's, with, you know, not within like a, a foot of him or whatever. Um, and and, and it, the referee completely bought that off him and went, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a yellow card. Um, but, you know, like you said, if you're three nil up at that point, it does not matter, does it? You know, you, no. if you put the game to bed, controversial decisions become far less controversial. There's a time I think we all remember under Mourinho where if we went down to 10 men, we didn't give a shit. You wouldn't have noticed uh, if there was a time under various managers, but but Mourinho specifically in his first term, where if the opposition scored within the first two minutes, you'd just look at your watch and think, you've played your cards too early there, people. Um, And we're not that team anymore. And uh, I will say this, Villa made use of the extra man brilliantly. They absolutely crowded every part of the park out you know after ten fifteen minutes or whatever after that we did start a bit of confidence came back and a little bit of um i don't know uh drive if you like um and, and you know there were there were opportunities for us to to equalize after and i think the roof would have come off um if there was one on it obviously um and it might have changed the game i think' because villa. I I didn't see a villa player out there yesterday that made me think, Christ, we're missing someone like that. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Watkins no. maybe because he does have a habit, I think, of scoring against yeah, us, doesn't he? No, well, if, yeah, if you look at that villa
1: side, yeah. Sorry, Dave, you look at Villa side, it was very workman like Kamara, Douglas Louise, D.R.B. McGinn, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they were they were grafters. Yeah. I like yeah. I like Matty Cash as a full back, but I thought Madrid, you know, beat him many times. Yeah. 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 They, they were very... That's what I said at the start. It wasn't the Villa I was expecting. You know, so they've gone all the way to Warsaw, and obviously Emery's vindicated because they've beaten Chelsea away from home. But that wasn't an attacking Villa side. Maybe because they got spanked at Newcastle early in the season where they were very cavalier and came out of play. Emery sort of shut the doors now away from home. Mm,
3: yeah. yeah. But
1: fans, the fans were bloody annoying as well. Jesus.
2: Yeah, they were, yeah. 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 they've seen the blueprint to beat Chelsea is to have a low block and then they get their chance on the counter and Watkins scores his goal uh, and we yeah. can't do anything about it one thing I did notice uh, Tony on that you know, red card is when the ref's changing his mind or has been told to change his mind uh, by the AR you know, there's, I know the rules are changing around this but there's not one Chelsea player not even you know, Gallagher as the captain even having a word with the referee no. just seems to be accepting fate that we're a bit yes. like
3: this years but that yeah. That's a kind of fatalism that comes with lack of confidence, and um, uh, you know, not wanting to make the situation worse. I think if you're in a good position mentally and everything throughout the team, not just as a captain, uh, then you're more likely to go up and and, and, and and sort of challenge it and say, "Come on, and have a look at that game," because that you know, look, look none of the Villa players thought it was going. On. Um, I mean, we had a reputation, didn't we, with Balak and Terry and players like that for surrounding the referee. I can't. I do miss that. I do miss it. I do miss that kind of hassling and all this. I mean, I, I, I think we have become that team, um, but I, I don't I don't think it's a personality thing. I think it's just a sheer accepting the fate that's there for you, a kind of fatalism in that sense that we think, oh, well, there's no point in arguing with him. I'll just get a yellow card or he'll just tell me to fuck off or whatever, like you know, and, and that sort of thing. Um, I, I'd like to think the club, could have looked at that after the game and said, you know what, we're going to appeal that. Um, but the FA have got their stupid rules about you know uh, trivial appeals and we could just come make it worse or whatever. And, and we're not in a position where we can afford to do that. But um, it changed the game and it, it made the game worse. There's no two ways about it. It made what was up to that point an entertaining 0-0 draw, where you could potentially argue the game could have gone either way. Because I don't think Villa would have scored if Gusto had stayed on. I just don't, that, that, you know, that, that one moment of fate changed everything. And as, as, as Mark said, we lost our heads for 10, 11 minutes or whatever. We just looked all over the shop. That is something that Pochettino's going to, but that comes with experience. These players will learn, you know, okay, shit happens. We've lost a player. What do we do now? And they'll have a plan B. And it comes as they click, as they learn and they get to know each other. They're four months into, not not even that, what is it, August, September, October, come, coming up to three months, uh, two months into the season from kickoff. if you look at it like that, right? Um, and, and everyone's expecting them to be Jimmy Floyd, Haskbank and Ida johnson partnerships popping up everywhere. And it just isn't going to happen for a while. But when it does, the players themselves will think, hello, that works or whatever. Pochettino's no mug. He'll see this. And I just think maybe, because I seem to remember Spurs, Obviously, so I can't remember much about Southampton, but Spurs under him were quite a feisty bunch, weren't they? They were. We all remember the battle of Stamford Bridge, where was no. got sent off? But you know, they were all it was a feisty bunch. But these are young players, and, and you, you you can't. I think you get the grizzled experience and what you can get away with with refs as you as you get older, as you you know, as you develop into the game and into yourself as a person. <clears or whatever. throat> Yeah,
2: well, yeah, I think that's... that era, sort of, the Great Man United team, I think refs were scared to give decisions against them. Yeah. Because of the reaction they would get when they did. And I think that's going yeah. from the game anyway now. But, yeah. you know, you would like at least one player to sort of be in the refs here yeah. at a moment. No,
1: Dean, I would agree. And I think the example I give, Villa were, and despite this new ruling, I haven't seen many examples of being enforced this season. When we had that farce at the end of the first half, when... um. Was it Dignay got a smack in the mouth? Was it from Sterling? Yeah, mm. I think he got an, an elbow. So he got claret coming out of his mouth. Um, and obviously the referee then you know, delays him coming on. But when they're all kicked off, the Villa players were all piling in. Uh, and I think you're right. Is that we we don't have that. And I think when the red card was issued to Gustav, I saw a match a day. Like you know, Connor just looks at the heavens. Yeah, mm. where if that was Dennis Wise, who yeah, again an aggressive. Dennis would have been straight over. Yeah. I think that, that, may, that may come time. But that comes back to the point is, like, we haven't got many leaders on that pitch at the moment with experience. Yeah. It's a very, very young side. And as I said on Friday, yeah. if, we're, if we're not in Europe this season, that time on the training ground is going to be really key this season. We've got yeah. to use that time really well with no midweek games in there and try and create that spread de core. Yeah, you know, then no one likes this yes. stuff as well. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, Tony's right. That's not going to happen overnight. You know, the, the, the pre season tour, I think, just you know, blinded a few people. It was all nice. It was America. Um, you know, we signed a lot of shirts. We gave a load away. It was all, you know, et cetera. There was no, everyone was just finding their feet. Yeah. You know, the real stuff has now begun and we haven't made a good start the season.
2: Yeah. Well, and we have to pick
1: that up in the coming months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into the reaction to the red card from both the players and from the manager uh, in part two, because we're going to take an ad break now. Uh, before we do that, a reminder that the new edition of CSUK is available from DJ and Marco at the CSUK store on match days. Uh, Mark's holding one up now for those of you that are watching, which is me <laughs> and Tony. Um, it features uh, many, many great writers, uh, including myself, uh, who fills up some pages for, for DJ, but there's some great stuff in there, Mark. This, this edition isn't there.
1: Uh, there is. Yeah. And um, we'll talk about it in the pub, um, uh, Tim's article, uh, Tim's an article and Chid's an article got a few mentions. Some kind soul on Twitter. And I need to go back to him and say thank you. Messaged me last night and he liked the article I wrote, uh, obviously about secondary ticket agencies, which we could probably do another show by itself on that, de- Dean alone, because that's a problem <laughs> in itself uh, that our new administration haven't yet got to grips with. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it's a really good, really good es- uh, episode, of, uh, episode edition of CSUK, w- well worth a pound. Yeah. Yeah. so you can get that
2: from DJ on Match Days it'll be at the Fulham game for sure but the easiest way is to sign up for a subscription uh, receive your copy straight through the post uh, they cost £20 in the UK £45 in Europe or £60 for the rest of the world if you email fanzine at cfcuk.net you'll get all the information and talking of subscriptions you can also subscribe to Kings Meadow Chronicle which is the CFC UK version for the Chelsea FC women's team which is created by myself uh, subscriptions cost you £14 plus the postage for a guaranteed seven editions, and is available worldwide. Uh, If you head to www.kingsmailacradical.bigcartel.com to order, uh, the first issue is out for the first game of the season, which is this coming Sunday, versus Tottenham. Uh, I'm there, mate. Yeah, looking forward to that.
3: I'm there on Sunday, with my granddaughter and my son-in-law He's a Fulham fan, but he now knows he can enter Stamford Bridge without spontaneously combusting. Um <laughs> and my granddaughter is she's eight years old and they were there last time when we came up and we, we met you by the uh but didn't we outside the ground you were selling your
2: nearby full of
3: you? whatever. And uh, I think um and she, she now plays football twice a week and she's a goalkeeper as well as she likes being a goalkeeper. She I think she'd like like my scope to be outside out of the out on the field. She has sadly declared her love for Manchester City. <laughs> But that's a kid thing, isn't it? You know, there's all at school and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I will be there and I'll try and, I'll try and catch hold of you, Dean.
2: Yeah, my my seven year old was when he was five, he his favourite colour was red, so he said he was a Liverpool fan. Uh, <laughs> now he's into YouTube, he loves uh, Haaland. Oh, right, yeah. he's supports Man City, which for me is a step up from Liverpool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just working our way over to me, so hopefully we can sign Harland. Or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in January, it help me out a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to be right back after this short break.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices – it's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea FanCast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total
3: nutters and proper Chels.
0: FootballFancast.com F- football
2: of... Welcome back to part two of the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, I'm still your host, Dean Mears, and I'm still joined, thankfully, by Mr Mark Meehan. Good
1: evening, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Yeah,
2: Mr. Tony Glover,
3: Bonsoir, mes amis. I'll be back from France a week, so come on, give me a break. Yeah, we'll let you off. Um, <laughs>
1: um, no, what's Chidge going to be like then when he gets
2: back? Oh, he's going
3: to. I'll, I'll tell you what. The first one we're on together, we're going to be insufferable. It'll be like it'll be like two versions of Del Boy speaking French at you. Do you know when that is, Tony? Um, I don't actually. Um, I, Friday. I, do you know what, I wonder if it's Friday. Is it Friday? There is, it is. Yeah. OK, well, that's going to be... Yeah, if you want Del Boy versus... If you want some Del Boy on Del Boy action, I think you might get it on Friday night. <laughs> Maybe you can talk about um, Strasbourg. Yeah, we can talk about... <laughs> Obviously, yeah.
2: <laughs> us out to um, France yeah. as well. Um, now, Mark, um, as we just talked about the Red card in part one, um, you know, down to 10 men, young side needs experience. You know, the leaders on the pitch to help steady the ship. Uh, It didn't really happen, did it? And then, sort of, the most experienced player you could get on the pitch, Thiago Silva, um, makes his mistake. I thought Colewell did well actually with with uh, Watkins one on one, ushering him to the side, and then he saves the first shot, and then the second one, as we spoke about, goes through Sanchez's legs. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Thiago Silva online. You know, should he still be in the team? And you know, although it's harsh after one mistake, do you think? This midweek game is an opportunity to ease him out of the team for a rest and see how Cole does as centre half. But then what did you make obviously of that reaction to the red card from the team?
1: I thought the response, as you said earlier, there was that we lost it for a bit. I think then we recovered really well. We had that chance where we could have scored. I'm I'm not gonna sort of like dig Thiago Silva out. He's been magnificent for us. And also the mistake he made was just outside, you know, their penalty area. It's just that they broke really quickly on the back of that, and we still had time Bob, to deal with it. I thought Colewell dealt with it. He pushed Watkins out, and then Watkins scored from an absolutely ridiculous angle. And yes, I accept Sanchez should have saved it, and that just really knocked the stuffing out of us a bit. Yeah, you know, because we did really respond well once we calmed down after the red card, and we were making chances. We didn't park the bus. We went out Villa. You know, we tried to score a goal and win win the game. I think. I know we'll probably talk about team later against Brighton on Wednesday. I think we'll probably play on Wednesday because I think just where we are now, um, who else is there? Unless um Badia Shill, I know he's back in training. Is he fit enough? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah. And if he's not, well, the only other thing you could do if you wanted to rest Silva, because he is an incredible athlete, you know, at 39 years of age, I take my hat off to him. Whether or not um if you don't play Dizazi at right back and do a silver Colwell centre back, um, give um, Alfie Gilchrist a go at right back and play De Sazi and Colwell together. See see how they get on. Or I don't know if you've seen it. You probably have to, Or young Josh Brooking. That goal he scored Friday night for the academy at Man City was absolutely superb. You know, won the game a minute to go, coming like half the length of the pitch. Beat three or four Man City players. Put the ball in. So. Maybe maybe give him a go, but I think yeah. To be fair, Archie, um, Alfie Gilchrist should be ahead of him, and he's he's been on the bench the last few games as well. Yeah, just signed a new contract as well, hasn't he? I mean, tell you what, and make... a really, really a bit like to be again a really nice young man again. We are lucky at the academy. Yeah, you know, we've got some really grounded, you know, great young men there. You know, good role models at Chelsea Football Club.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tell what, what do you make of the discussion around Silver? I mean, I, I love him as a player. Around silver yeah should he, um, should he should still be in the
3: team oh, you put me in... on the spot here because i want to be mr positive but i he frustrates me right so uh, there's two, two two points i'm going to make here one um he slows the bloody game down too much too often um for me um when you want a quick ball out he gets it and he passes it back to the keeper and then he switches it over and he passes it back and I I want something a bit more dynamic than that, I think, at the back. If you're going to play out from the back, you need somebody who can get the ball out quickly and, and, and that sort of stuff. Now, the other side of it is, is Mark said less than 10 minutes ago about um, no leaders on the field. Well, he's 39 years old. A Brazilian international who's uh, played all over the world. So if we haven't got any leaders on the pitch, what's Thiago Silva doing on it? So that's my only other thing about him. I think this will be his last season. I think we need to prepare the way for uh, Badish Hill or, or whoever to, you know, Colwell has looked more and more accomplished with every game he's played. I'm not quite sure why Trevor Chalabar has been sidelined, because I think he's a uh, a decent player. And, he. you know, he, no one was moaning about him last season. And all of a sudden it's all like, well, Chalabar, you get the usual... He's got a mistake in him, you know, like there's no mistakes in any other footballer on the pitch in any other team, for God's sake, you know.
1: Chalibur, Chalibur reminds me of Albert Ferrer. Albert Ferrer yeah. was like a seven out of ten player. Yeah, didn't dip, might make the odd mistake, weren't a four, weren't a five. You could... Rely- yeah, yeah, right. Albert yeah. Ferrer. Yeah, Albert Ferrer, reliable, seven yeah. out of ten, occasional eight and nine, a really dependable player. I put Chalibur the same, he's a really reliable player, Yeah. Basically, the only reason he's ostracised and, and Matson's in danger of being in the same place, he's an asset to the ownership to bring money in. Simple as that.
3: Yeah, and yeah. I, 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 yeah. you know, as we've said, we've already sort of we've spoken about that, and I think it's a shame, um, because I, I I like the guy, um, but I think we have to prepare ourselves that you know, in the Premier League, uh, most players' legs will have gone by the time they're thirty-five, thirty-six, especially if they're if they're you know, playing at the back where you could argue that intelligence counts more than pace. Uh, unless, of course, you're being faced by the likes of an in-peak Eden Hazard uh, or, or some of the other really whizzy fast players. Because then no, no amount of intelligence is going to make you pack, pick up 20 metres um, at start that they've got on you. So I think that's where we got, we've got to be prepared for that. He's been a good asset. He's a good defender. Now, I'm not even questioning his ability as a defender. But I don't think he's the right sort to be a leader, you know. Because if he was, he would have been doing that by now. And it may be just a lack of uh, competent—that's a bit cruel—competent English. I was going to say, but lack of confident English, maybe. Um, and and he does slow the going down. And it's not just me; as a few viewers have been saying, you know, when he gets the ball, for Christ's sake, you know, get it out, play it up, push forward, do something. Um, And it it may be just that he preserves... What was that Mourinho phrase? Resting off the ball or whatever. And maybe he does that and maybe he sees his job as that. I've got no objection to players slowing the game down when it's needed. Ballack was the king of that for me. Putting his foot on the ball and, and, you know, letting players run into him and then getting up and shoving them back and all this, that sort of stuff. McAlealy was another expert at that. Um, But I think we really have to prepare the way now for him not being... Next season, he might, you know, whether he's a place for him on the bench, whether he'd accept that, he might accept it. I don't think his wife will. Um, <laughs> but um, I think... Coaching yeah, staff, been... Tony? Sorry? Coaching staff? Yeah, that's that was the, the point. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Pochettino would see the value in, in a proper defensive coach like that. And you know, people would go, well, we, get, we could get John Terry back. I don't know if he's done his badges or not. John Terry's probably had chances to come back and act as a defensive coach. He might not be interested. Uh, He might have other plans. But Thiago Silva, I think, would be – he strikes me, and this is no slur on John Terry, but he strikes me as a very intelligent man as well. So you put him on the coaching staff, and you imagine you're an up-and-coming centre-back or anywhere along that, back four, back five or whatever and the person mentoring you in training and coaching you is Thiago Silva. But if you can't get your ass in gear for a, <laughs> a man like that, then get out of the club, get out of football, in fact. you know. So I'm, I'm positive about him in some ways, but I think what I'm seeing is a decline in his powers and not a bad decline, a natural decline that just comes with being 39 years old and playing week in, week out, in you know, arguably the, the, the most rough and tumble passionate uh, league in football, you know, currently in Europe at least. So,
1: yeah. He was rested for the Wimbledon Cup game, so you'd think yeah. logically they'll rest him Wednesday night against Brighton. Yeah. I don't know if Chalaba's fit, Chalaba's fit, I'd put him in the side all day long.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean. In Thiago's defence and ours, Mark, you know, defensively we've we've looked very good. We've conceded, I think, the third fewest goals in the league. Correct. But this is a point that Gregory makes on, on Mixler. You know, Mudrick and Jackson are quick players when Silver stands on the ball. The other teams are getting back into the shape, but then the space is, is disappearing. Yes. And yeah. we're talking about failure to put away chances or maybe make chances. They're the sort of little fine tuning bits and pieces we're talking about that maybe transform this team from what they are to. As Tony says, they're they're good players. You know, there's a good manager. We sh- we should be further up the table than we are. Maybe they're the little things that will come in these games, like against Brighton on Wednesday when he's not in the team, that might open up the bigger picture to to Poch. It,
1: it might, and again, there is the power of the personality as well. As I right, he's a dynamic force on the training ground. So again, you've got that dilemma for Pochettino, knowing he doesn't yeah. have that many leaders. He said, "Like, well, do I bin the guy off now? Because eventually his powers will wane. But he's still a dominant force. And what impact does that have around the rest of the camp? So Pochettino's probably damned if he does, damned if he don't. If he he drops him or rests him, people sort of say, well, hang on a minute, where's all our leaders? But actually, if he keeps him aside, other people will say, well, actually, he's slowing the game now. Now We can play a much quicker game with him not being there. I think Wednesday night is a good opportunity. Give him a rest. Play either." Chalabar, De Sazi, Colwell, a combination of those at the back. Chilwell at left back. Yes. Is, no, he puts Tina, he'll rest Chillwan and play Matson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's, we'll do the
2: team later. Yeah. 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 I mean, talking of Poch, Tony, you know, he the reaction <clears throat> that he made to the red card, he, I mean he brought Chill one straight away. But then it was sort of a, a little while later that he made any more subs and yeah. made them probably a bit sooner. Yeah, I think he could have done. I think, I think that...
3: is that our first red card of the season. Um, yeah, I think yeah it is, so it? it won't have been something that he will have encountered, you know, in the thick of it so far this season, Pochettino. Um And it doesn't mean he hasn't experienced that sort of thing before, but I doubt he's experienced the red card with you know such a a a. a, a young developmental team um as we are and, and I think he could have made a couple of more substitutions at that point um because we did go wobbly there was no doubt about it and and if I thought if we were going to concede another goal it was in that sort of 10 minute period after they'd uh, after gusto had gone off as well as after they scored a goal you know because we were looking Lost, if you like, uh, uh, as a team, you know, it was, the formation seemed to have gone to the pot and, and what have you. So I think he could have done. I'm not sure what he could have done. I mean, at that point, you're nil-nil. Your fans are screaming for a goal. You've lost the player. And, and it galls me to say this. It really galls me to say this. But Rafa Benitez always had the view that what you do is you don't lose the game. Right. You might nick a win, but what you do is you don't lose. I think Mourinho had a similar attitude when you're down to 10 men and, you know, it's Mm nil-nil. So I think there was a potential there. Half a
1: meal is better than no meal at all.
3: Exactly. Now, we would be moaning like buggery about walking away with a point, but a point would have been better than nothing. And I think, you know, this is where, you know, (laughs) Even me as a fan, I'd be telling me to shut up after moaning about a nil nil against Aston Villa at home and you've had a man sent off because I think I would be eventually turned around and thinking, Do you know what? You're down to 10 men and we got a nil nil draw, so yeah, uh, we've got away with that one. Um, so I think I, I think you're right, Dean. I think he should potentially have gone to far more park the bus. Mentality at the expense of fans getting pissed off and getting up and going home early, but they were doing that anyway because we were a goal down and down to ten men, and Villa were frustrating us. So he he basically, with the benefit of hindsight, he had nothing to lose. Um, But yeah, I think we could have gone to a far more sturdy, less, uh, uh, you know, less uh, kind of um, flamboyant formation. You know, in order to just save what you've got, it's not a great position to hold, but needs must. And I think a nil-nil would have been more acceptable than than, than what happened. I still don't think we were. I still think we were unfortunate to lose. Uh, I think the red card was the, if you like, the cause. It was the, um, the, the if you like the, uh, what's the word they use the, um. Think of it—the thing that makes a chemical reaction happen—catalyst. Catalyst. It was the catalyst for for them to score. They got their tails up. Our tails went down, and we didn't have the firepower or the, the kind of robustness in defence on the pitch to to stop anything like that happened. I mean, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I know they had a player on the on, so it would have been um, Sanchez's right, who got completely in the clear because there was no one there. Uh, in, in what we would call our right back position to get the ball in that eventually led to the goal, uh, so you weren't really surprised when you saw that, but I th- yeah, I think P- he, that slightly surprises me now dean you you kind of caught me on the hop there a bit because I am slightly surprised that Pochettino, a man of you know who's 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 that experience didn't think all right, we just can't lose this
2: so well, yeah put, um Chelsea Paul by surprise, so he said he's just been sick
3: after raffle was mentioned. Well, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it galled me to say it, but you know you know the fact is he was our manager, and he did publicly say that sometimes it's about not losing the game when you know and 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 putting that first, and I think when you're down to ten men, that's got to be your priority not to lose, not to go down to ten men and think, well, we should still go and win this you know the the, the teams as a fag pack uh a fag wrapper uh, fact paper between a lot of these teams and I would say that that was pretty much the case yesterday up until the point that Gusto went off
2: yeah I mean I'm just looking at the subs now um he brought on Chilwell 61 minutes so that's just after the red card uh, and then he brought on Palmer and, and Les for Fernandez and Jackson in the 68th minute so that is sort of what's that five minutes before they score yeah so he, in fairness to him he has tried to, to shut the shop but he's still sort of 10 minutes after the red card Yeah, and the team are trying to settle into this new formation without the striker on the pitch. Yeah. to get the breakaway and the score. Maybe he should have made that as a triple sub. Yeah. At the time, I mean, Mark, what, what do you think of these subs? Because I think that is something
1: that people have criticised him about. I, I think he made the right subs yesterday. He made them in the wrong order.
3: Channeling <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're in the Morecambe and Wise there.
1: <laughs> playing all the <laughs> right tunes, but not necessarily in the right order. Absolutely, yeah. totally. Uh the, the first substitution I probably would have made, because I'd have probably put Les on first. He is a defensively minded midfield player. So then you're, you're protecting the defence. Because um, what I couldn't figure out then is sort of like if you're going to take off Jackson, and it could be a fitness thing with Brozier, as we said at mm-hmm. the start of the show. If you take Jackson on, Brozier would be a ready-made basement for Jackson. So it was it was very strange. We took off Mudrick, who was probably our best attacking player at that point. If you'd have taken off anyone, I'd probably take off Sterling. You know, you know, Sterling sort of faded and and he usually fades around 65 minutes, you know, anyway. Um, but we put Chilwell on. Chilwell could have perhaps come on later. I had no problem with Palmer coming on for Fernandez. I think Fernandez wasn't firing and maybe he pick, picked picked up. Um and then Brozier came on 10 minutes ago, which I thought was too late. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been a direct replacement to Jackson. So what I would have probably done is first subtitle, um, uh, I'd have potentially taken off Sterling and put Les on. Uh, then Fernandez and Palmer, Jackson and Brozier, and then Chilwell to Casado. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you're right there. I mean, looking at the bench, I mean there was two goalkeepers, three left backs, uh two midfielders, two attackers. Brozier, obviously, we don't know his fitness, if that was because of that. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting when we talk about the Brighton game, who does play up front if he's not fit, he's
1: yeah. not going start the game, that's for sure. Um, and the, th- the three left-backs as well, w- 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 there wasn't balance on the bench. I always sort of think, especially as the benches are big now, years ago when you had one sub, two sub, three subs, it was a lot harder. Um, but you should have right and left-sided players, you should have midfield, and you should have an attacking player on your bench. So you deal with all eventualities. And... We are weak at the right side, with James out. Al, and also, we only had Gusto. So, if Gusto had got injured, we'd have had the same problem. So, <clears throat> I'd, I'd have probably faced, I think, Alfie Gilkey's some player on the right-hand side. I'd have had a right-sided player as well yeah, it was, it was, it was to cover that.
2: Yeah, it feels like he's put the senior players, sort of, Cucurella coming back. Um, yeah, yeah. We don't need three left-backs on the bench. We we One on the left pitch. Left.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: One on the pitch would help, but not three on the bench. Mm. Um, there'll be, there'll be there an
1: left exam left. question. In years. <laughs> there's been an exam question, you know, for students of the you know, Chelsea history maybe in years to come, you know, what should you do with a cucorella?
3: Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: please please show
3: your workings. Yeah. yeah I, I I mean he was on the bench. Yeah. He's experienced, so yeah. maybe mm. I, I mean, I don't, he has been frozen out so far, hasn't he? Um, I don't, is he one of the injury lists? Is that why he's been frozen out, or is it just because he seemed to be off to United at one point and then that all fell through? But, um, I, I don't know, it's this the whole hindsight thing. I think Mark got it right. I think you, if you make the changes immediately, you send a signal out that things are different, that things are, you know, that that, that presumably. Before the match and in training, they've talked about losing a player and what we do and and there should be a plan B. So it it just strikes me as slightly naive. Maybe Pochettino had looked at it and thought, we're by far the better team or we are the better team. We should be able to absorb this just with a few changes. But um, I I, I think the mentality um, wasn't quite there for for the players. I think they were rattled by that. So... You know, and, and that does seem to be the story of the season, doesn't it? We seem to have, you know, I mean, uh, some. So, so, uh, I think in mix, I said earlier on, if if Fernandez scores that penalty against West Ham, that game completely would have been a different outcome. I'm sure of it.
1: We'd have won the game. I was I, yeah. I was at I was at the London Stadium that day. Yeah. That was the turning point in the game. There's there's so there's already this season. There's some really yeah. key points in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different, different. And that's what the point earlier is that difference between a draw becoming a win, or if you're losing, becoming a draw. That X factor isn't quite there. We haven't got that star quality, that player, to change those games. You you could argue Fernandes is that star quality player. Yeah. You bung the penalty in, Chelsea win the game at London Stadium. Great start of the season. Win our first away game. But it's not been like that since.
3: Yeah. And, And you're right. Again... I'm really trying to remain positive here because I I absolutely do believe that everything, you know, I saw enough in the Liverpool game, the West Ham game, um, and even to a degree in the Bournemouth game where we we should have trampled these teams. Liverpool, after they had their second goal disallowed, and the guy behind me, Jim, um, he let down to me and he just said, maybe that'll give us the kick up the ass we need. And it did. We looked phenomenal at times, you know, but... You've got this thing, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Dean, I think, about, or, well, I can't remember which one of you it was, about there was that, Mudrick was making some good run, runs down the left, left-hand side, and he, it, there was one, it, it was a defence splitting cross, and, you know, I just said to me, mate, Bob in the car, I, was, I said, can you remember a player we had once, box-to-box midfielder his name, was Frank Lampard, I think it was called, he would have been on the end of that, and in, you know, and the chance that Enzo, um, that Fernandez put over the bar, I, I don't think Frank would have missed that, or Hazard, you know, um, but when you're shit out of luck, it does seem to be like a, a waterfall of shit that keeps coming at you every time you get the ball in front of the goal, does not it? You know, um, but I'm still very positive. I'm still confident that this will get turned around. And when it clicks, when it clicks, um, we'll we, we will be in the ascendancy too late for leagues or whatever. I still believe in my prediction. I think of sixth. I still think we could make that quite easily. It's so early, so early in the season, you know. And how many games were we in when we when we were three nil down to Arsenal, Mark? And Conte allegedly said at half-time, "I fucking had enough of this." Oh, and it was it
1: about that similar stage I and mean, yeah. turning turning point of the season. We yeah. went the whole the next game, and it took off from there. He went three yeah. in the back. Yeah.
3: yeah, exactly. So you know that could still happen. I'm not saying it will, but it, you know, let, let's have a little bit of belief in 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 this you know the final final part of the engine tuning on the mercedes engine is about to happen and off we go
1: well let me Marco Worrell may sorry Dean. Marco Worrell maybe was it mark that said we might be cursed <laughs> <laughs> ro-, ro mark has come back probably
3: one Ro for Mark the teenagers,
1: the that is, mate. Mark the Magician. He put a curse on us in 1977. Yeah. He's come back to haunt us from his grave. Yeah, yeah. crikey. <laughs> that,
3: that is a proper hashtag, one for the teenagers, that is, Mark. Blimey. Yeah. Ronald Markham, I believe his name was.
1: Ro, 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 Ronald Markham. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think, didn't he? Because he was a hypnotist as well as um, yeah. and a magician. And I'm sure I'm sure we talked about this on one of the 50-year shows. And I think um, he... Tried to drive a car blindfolded and he yeah. crashed into a police car.
3: Yeah, and I think
1: they said, "Well, if you could see into the future, surely you'd known the police car was there. Yeah,
3: yeah. He, he was. <laughs> I think like he that. was no, notoriously bad at what he was. He was a
1: bad magician and a bad hypnotist. And yeah. A bad, yeah, yeah. But good at curses apparently.
3: <laughs>
1: well, yeah. well, no. Well, the, the curse he put on us in 1977 is when we played Southampton in the FA Cup third round. And he said we'd get knocked at by Southampton, which you proved right. He said he put a curse on Crystal Palace the year before, on Malcolm Allison because Malcolm Allison snubbed him, and he said they wouldn't get through um to the f a Cup and they won't get promoted from the third division. I think he was right in both of those as well, yeah. but actually we did get promoted in 1977. so you know sorry, Mr. Malcolm, you got that one wrong yeah <laughs> But I, I just made me laugh when Marco tweeted about it uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's really yeah. good, actually,
2: yeah yeah. 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 Yeah, well, what's going to help you out, Tony, to stay positive with a, with a few stats um, yeah. that do point in the right direction? Um, so, so, Chelsea are, despite being faulty, we are the league leaders for possession with the third highest big chances created, with the third fewest goals conceded, and we've had superior, like XG, so expected goals in every game this season. And I think the point of those is, you know, Poch is leading the horse to water. He just cannot make the horse drink.
3: Very yeah. good. Wow, so I, I really like... In fact, I might nick that and tweet it, because that—that that is absolutely, to me, that is spot on. We are... Yeah, you can leave the horse to water. And he is doing that. But, you know... Uh, and like he said, those stats... It, I think there was an article, was it in The Athletic or The Guardian, oh, I can't remember, which said Chelsea are playing quite well. You know, they they're not the disaster team that everybody... The average fan is going to pick up on it and go, oh, you know, they're absolutely bloody rubbish because they're all over the shop and all this and they're losing their games. It's fine lines. It's very fine lines. And, and, you know, I think, you know, I I firmly believe there's a turnaround about to come, whether it'll be Arsenal or not. But, you know, it should be typical of us to meet Arsenal at home and give them a, a, a a bit of a battering, you know, two nil or three nil or whatever.
1: Glorious it's, Chelsea unpredictability. Yes,
3: exactly that. And I, yeah. you know, um and I, I'm I'm sort of hold I'm holding on to the stick of um, you know, Conti three nil down half time at uh, at, the, at the the Emirates or whatever, and walking in and saying, I oh, fucking had enough of this 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 changes now <laughs> and going out and sort of basically drawing the second half and then taking us on a thirteen game winning streak, which completely turned the season around of course you know um, uh, and I, I just think that there's, there's something there and uh, look I take I take the point that you know a lot of the players are young and inexperienced and all this but they're good some of these players are good and like you said Cole Palmer I like Mudrick I like I've not seen any of the players out there apart from Jackson is the only one that worries me but I think is possibly not at the level that we need but every other one of the players Gusto has been. A- more than pleasant surprise taking the place of Rhys James. You know, if I was Rhys James, I'd be sitting and thinking, crikey, hold on a minute, this boy's quite good. So, you know, um, again, uh, you know, there's there's no chance of me tearing up my season ticket or burning a Chelsea flag outside Stamper Bridge. There's no chance of me going to a Todd Bowley get out of our club um, rally down the the Kings Road or down the Fulham Road. It's not going to happen. Even if it did, I wouldn't go to it. Um, I just think sometimes patience and time, and you yeah, know, maybe just because I'm a an old bastard who just says, Do you know what, Rome weren't built in a day. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ma- that's my pep talk.
2: Yeah, I mean, my it does feel like it's that final puzzle piece that, at the moment, Jackson just doesn't fit right, and it's unfortunate for us that that's the most important puzzle piece is the one that you know completes the puzzle and scores the goal. We haven't got. And it is sadly going to continue this trend of not being able to score until either Broger is fit and he can maybe make that impression or we sign on Ivan Tony, someone that's done it in the Premier League in January. It's going to be a bit of a long slog till then, though, isn't it? Uh,
1: I, I think it will. This, this, this could be sort of like a, a hard few months ahead until either we get key players back fit, you know, or we buy a striking winner. But it comes back to we were so busy buying so many young players during the course of the summer why in god's name did we not buy a 20 goer season striker yeah. we spent we've spent a billion pounds and in that yeah you know, we've bought defenders we've bought wingers we've bought left backs we've bought midfield players we've bought goalkeepers why the bloody hell were all that money they spent Have they not identified because they're very much in that young talent unless they thought jackson was the one you know, a player that's going to get you 20 goals a season or rip up the model they seem obsessed with buying only young players get a proven goal score and yeah. everything else will follow the best teams you know have the meanest defenses but also have someone up front that's guarantee you 20 goals a year and we haven't had that probably for quite some time probably since Diego Costa left you know, so yeah. this, this goes back to you know the last of the stress as well is that we haven't had a decent number nine for quite a significant period of time J- Jury's out on Ivan Tony. I'd buy Ivan Tony. I like him, but I know some people just think, oh, he only scores penalties. Well, he does that, you know, but there's nothing wrong with that. I'd I i i am quite happy a player, you know, that doesn't miss his penalties now. Yeah. But yeah. we've got we've got some tough months ahead. So hopefully something will turn soon. But it needs to turn because as I said at the start, it feels very strange at the moment. There is a level of impatience. I was stunned yesterday in the pub. And Martin Wickham was telling me people was already sort of like saying Pochettino out. So I thought, and that may be an anti tottenham thing, maybe. But I was after six games, it's too soon, too soon. And again, my sympathy is with the manager. You know, he, he's been, you know, he's been given this pass by the owners. They bought all these players and so it was back to my salad again, you know. And and he's basically like, well, come on, you know, you, know, you make a Waldorf salad out of that then yeah.
2: Yeah, I think Tony's worth a gamble, which is ironic.
3: Uh, I, I, absolutely, I did say yesterday. Someone said, <laughs> How can we guarantee getting him? I said, put a bookies out the front, of Stanton Bridge. Yeah. You'll soon want to walk in there. But I, I like him, and do you know what else I like. I, I mean, he's a, he's an old-fashioned blunderbuss at times, you know, in there, which. I mean, you know, people forget Giroud was great with his elbows and getting people out of the way and, and, and all this sort of stuff. And Drogba, we all know how good he was. And Costa was a nasty piece of work that a lot of defenders wouldn't want to argue with. For me, Ivan Tony, one of the things I like about him is his penalty style, which is run up, smash it, go away with your hand up in the air. Because I am sick to death. And I'll say, I've said it publicly, I'll say it on here again, of these tippy-tappy, these little bounces, these
0: little...
3: <laughs> Right, all those fucking players that do that, all they need is a nice plume on their head and a fucking show jumping jacket. It's my little dressage. pony, huh? my little pony. Yeah, my little pony. It's football <laughs> dressage running up, and de- 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 de trying to send a goal. Fuck off! I still say now one of the, uh, the one of the greatest penalties I have ever remember was David Louise in the Champions League final. He took a fucking cricket pitch run up. And smashed it in the back, and that could have gone into Rose's head. But even if Neuer had got his hand to it, I think he would have probably ended up in the back of the net with a ball. I just absolutely, when Fernandez took that penalty against West Ham, and he did that, did, did, did was, who the what, what football coach, what football coach thought that was a good idea? Who sat there and said to everybody, "You know what you need to do? You need to do a bit of dressage, mate." Right? Fuck all that smashing the ball in the back of the net, finding the right place, and doing that. You need a little bit of a fucking routine and a dance and a jig. Sorry, <laughs> I do sound like a grumpy old bastard there now, but...
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. We need hot shot Hamish back. Yeah. yeah, we need
3: hot yeah. shot another one for the teenagers there, but <laughs> Me and you need to have a pint, mate. We've got a lot of old stuff to talk about. Here. <laughs> Reiki, hot
1: Hotshot yeah. Hamish. Well you need I need to lend you that book on the gouty Moor as well. Oh yeah. mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, I mean, yeah. people listen going, what the hell are they on about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listeners, the Galtimore was a dance club in Cripplewood. Yeah. North-West London.
2: Yeah. I mean, Mark, you mentioned about the the lack of a goal scorer going back to the old regime. And, you know, I think Matt Law tweeted this. um, Since we beat Tottenham in in 2022, in the league we've only beaten Crystal Palace, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle before the money, uh, Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Watford, Everton, Leicester, West Ham, and now Luton. You know, six of them have been relegated. You know, that sadly, you know, and as we went, the title of the show going down with Chelsea. You know, that is that is relegation form. If you look over 38 games, or whatever it is, you know, we're, we're down the bottom with Everton, only the other team below us. Although we it, it, we feel like it's coming and you know, Tony's trying to stay positive, you know, the results don't lie, do they? And, um, you know, we could no, be in danger no. come Christmas of being in the bottom three. Don't,
1: don't, no, I don't disagree. And, and again, you can throw another stat in. Yeah, you know, we've only won two games since Graham Potter was sacked. You know, yeah, you, you can't run away from that. You can't hide that. Said, so, but I, I come to, again. This is just this last twelve months is a probably unique situation in British football. You know, we've had these owners come in. You know, almost sort of like in their eyes, ripping up the rule book, thinking they're cleverer than everybody else. And we've got this model whether it's based on the Brentford Brighton model. We're going to buy all these young players and mortgage them for seven or eight year contracts and hope to God. It all works, but it is still very early days. It's only six games into the season. Yes, we've got a really difficult October and November, and that—that that is, we said in the pub last night. That's the best time to look at this. Don't look at it after six games. Yeah. You know, but if we are where we are now, 14th or 15th by the end of November, yeah, you know, this isn't going to be a good season. Yeah. So you'd hope to think, as I said on Friday night show. Some of those teams we've got to play, and Liverpool's a prime example of that, they don't do a low block, they don't pop us. they come out and play. Yes, they may very well come out and play, and they're that good, they'll beat us. But at the same time, by they coming out and playing, it allows us to play as well. And some of those teams, we, we should be able to get results against. Crying out loud with Chelsea Football Club. You know, we're not going to throw in the towel and say, oh, we got we got Brighton away, we're going to get B. You know, you know come on. <clears throat> and that comes back to the coach, you know, creating a spree de court in that camp. It's only six games in, getting some of those players back who are injured back back in that side. As I said, I've said it many times, like, it's strange at the moment, it's tough, it's a tough gig supporting Chelsea at the present moment in time, but let's start Wednesday night. Wednesday night is a massive game. Yeah. If we win Wednesday night, that changes it again. We're then through the next round of a cup competition. We ain't going to win the league this year, we're not in Europe, We've only got two things. We've got the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Yeah. And if we finish the season, win one of both, that's a positive. And then maybe we build on that for next season. Yeah. And maybe finish further up the league. I'm not certain we will finish in the top five. Yeah. We, yeah not, not currently. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be, I hate to use the word, it's almost like another transition season. New boss, a massive brand new set of players. Yeah. I cannot for the life of me. Having lived through several Chelsea relegations in my lifetime, at any time, see that this side will get relegated. No way, no how. Uh, are yeah. I mean, you in agreement with that? Although
2: the, the numbers aren't good, but. They're,
3: no, they're, they're, not, not they're, not, good. they're not. They're not. They're not good. No. And I can see a bit further down. We you know we talk about if we're in the bottom three at Christmas, do they get rid of Pochettino. And I've, I've said to someone to poch out the guy today, who are you going to go and get? Maybe me one manager out there that you think will do a better job than Pochettino, who's unemployed. I, employed. You're not going to get Pep Guardiola. You're not going to get Jürgen Klopp. You're not going to get Ten Hag. You're not going to get Arteta. So where are you going to get the next manager from who's out of work? Luis Enrique, well, he didn't really want to come. To us. Nagelsmann's already taken over as the German head coach. Uh, who Who else is there? You know, and, and we can't this was the whole thing under the Abramovich model that I've criticized in the past. He won us trophies, but there was never anything approaching medium term, let alone long term thinking going on there, right? Um and, and people go, Yeah, but he won us trophies. He also employed Avram Grant, right? Okay. He also employed Andres Villas Boas, right? He put Big Phil Scolari in charge. How did that work out for us? Okay, he sacked Ancelotti in the tunnel at Everton. Blinding bit of management, that. Um, What else did he do? Oh, yeah, he let Conte float around for the second season after he asked for a few players because he was stubbornly sticking to his no-players-over-30 policy or whatever. So when I hear this sort of stuff, I think, you know, look at at who he's put in place and this lot are trying to do something different. I'm not saying they're going to get it right all the time. But 18 months in to start saying that they're trying to bury the club and they're trying to remove the soul of the club and all this, just doesn't fit right with me at all. It really doesn't, you know. Things changed a little bit, but and people were going, oh, got a bit too Americanized before the game. Do you remember when Roman Abramovich took over? They played Kalinka, a fucking Russian military marching song, before the games. So I think it was Abramovich himself who turned around and said, I don't want any of that going on here. You know, so people have got very short memories and I think, I can't, you know, if they sack Pochettino, I, I think I would just be sitting there going, oh, that might be a season ticket tearing up moment because I'd be thinking, who are you going to go and get? Ghostbusters? What the fuck's next, you know? Um, stick with the man. Give him the fucking chance, the time. Uh, you've given him the money. You've you spent ages trying to get the right manager. Why would you dispense with him after six games? Let Or 20 games even.
1: Yeah. I think the other the other thing I'd say as well, Dean, if you if you look at the teams there, you look at Luke, look at Burnley, look at Sheffield United, Bournemouth. If at Christmas we we're in the bottom three below some of them, we'd bloody deserve to be relocated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we would, yeah. You know, but I I can't see us being in that position. For crying out loud. If if we you know, Luton were terrible. Yeah, I know it's the only thing we've had this season. Um, but they haven't been much better since then. Sheffield United, bloody hell, losing eight 0 yesterday. I think, I think the real test will be, we've got Burnley in a couple of weeks' time at Burnley. Yeah. There might be a small alarm bell ringing. if Wednesday night is massive. We need to be in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a must for me. Yeah. Otherwise, we've only got the FA Cup to play for. Fulham away is massive. It's a London derby. It's about time we've got a result against them. Even in Potter's final days, you know, the latter part of Potter, we were the better team at Craven Cottage last year, and Felix getting sent off, yeah, familiar, change yeah. the game, and we end up yeah. losing the game. You know, we, we we should have won, and then we get Burnley away. We lose all three of those games, the alarm bell starts ringing a bit more, the noise gets a bit louder. But I would think the way Chelsea fans are, I, I other than the you know, East Tottenham, I think the great majority of them would have patience with Pochettino. If they turn their guns on anyone, I think they would turn them on the owners before they turn them on Pochettino. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I think that's
3: right. I think that. Yeah. Uh, um, but how much the owners can do about the, the 11 players out on the pitch at that particular time, mm. about the discipline on the pitch or unfortunate, I think, undeserved red cards. You know, it's 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 easy, you know, it, it's almost like, well, we've had all those years under a where we could, we didn't sing sack the board. Mm. Um, quite a few of us used to sing sack or buckle out of our club, the baits because, you know, it's, it, I know he saved the club, but I always felt he was a spiteful, wicked old bastard. Um, But I think, you know, I look at this and think, you're right. If we're down in that that position, then something's gone badly wrong. Mm. I still don't know who you could get in to fix it. You're not going to get new owners because this lot spent £4 billion and have got a load of commitments that they made contractually around... Grounds and about you know uh, resources and this sort of stuff, you're not. And Roman them. Ryman's tied him in for 10 years, that was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah.
1: they're here for yeah. 10 years, yeah,
3: yeah. So yeah. you can forget that. You can walk down the, the uh, you can walk down the Fulham Road with your your little bowly out badge and flag or whatever, it ain't going to happen. Okay, Clearly Lake have got very big pockets and they've shown that. Um, whether or not the structure in the club is right, you know, two directors of football and all this, I, I don't know. Um, but they're trying something different. And I just think, I, I, I find it unfathomable that we would look at a team with all the stats that Dean's just read out as well, right, that show something very different from the reality of what we're seeing, that they would be in relegation trouble. And I think, like, for Brighton tomorrow night, again, I'll go back to Jose Mourinho's first season. The reason I refer back to that is because he changed the mentality of the club from top to bottom, Okay. You know, he had the tea ladies and everyone believing we were winners. That's that's all he had time for. And I think he very famously in an interview or press conference, they said, "If you win, when you win the League Cup, it sets the tone, right? It gets you in that winning mentality." That's why that first League Cup, I can't remember who sponsored it at the time under Mourinho was. He treated that so importantly because it was like, you know, you win this, you can win this, you can win this. You know, it takes the team on. It gives that confidence So, people who you're always going to get them going, the league campaign in Portland. And I've been in that position. I've said that before. But I've said that when we've been, you know, playing European, you know, semi-finals and that sort of stuff where it didn't seem as important. Now, I think Massive. it's important. Yeah, it's gone up and go out there. And, and actually, I'd like to see us bring Brighton down a peg or two. Because I don't think, you know, um, Deserby might be a good manager, but he's, people going on about going and getting him, I'm not. Right. Yeah, right, okay. It's just a pattern I've seen repeated before. Um and I just think, you know, we've 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 gone out of our way to get a good manager in who's who wants to be there by the the way he speaks and everything, to do well and to be in there for the long term. Um it'd be madness to go and get you know. What are yeah. you gonna do? Go back to Frank Lampard at Christmas and say, Can you come back and help us again?
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Tony. We just need the horse to drink.
3: I think absolutely, the horse needs to drink. There's 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 your there's your bracket title for this. Down with the Chelsea. The horse needs to drink.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think that was a good time to you know move on from this game and look ahead to that yeah. um, Carabao Cup game. Uh, before we go to do that, Mark, there's a supporters' trust meeting coming up soon on the 14th. Yep.
1: Yep. AGM. Saturday the 14th of October, uh, two o'clock, all welcome. If you can't make it, the plan is to also hold the meeting on Zoom as well. If you are a Supporters Trust member, you're able to attend. A full agenda will be sent out to all Supporters Trust members probably a week before the meeting and uh, a list of board nominations and motions will be part of that agenda when it's sent out. So if you are a Trust member, watch for that in your mailbox in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and
2: then later on that evening, uh, Paul Canner's Cannerville friend of the show is hosting a black and blue event at the uh, under the bridge for the Paul Cannerville Foundation. Uh, tickets are still available if you head to either Canner's Twitter or the Foundation Twitter page. That you can find out where you can get your tickets from. But that will be the evening of the fourteenth, so you can do the AGM and then straight to Canner's gig.
1: Um... I'll be do- I'll be doing both, Dean. So yeah, I'll be going to the Canner's gig as well. I think he's got Paul Elliott and Ken Kenmon Ken Mon- coming on the night. I think the bar and the club is staying up to one o'clock in the morning. I think you won't see me there at one o'clock in the morning, but again, <laughs> yeah, you know, for the youngsters.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving you there, Mark.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll be back after this short break to look ahead to that Carabao Cup mm-hmm. game. Uh, we'll see you soon.
0: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening
3: to the Chelsea Football Fancast, Proper Chelsea.
0: Football F- Fancast.
2: Welcome back to the third and final part of the Chelsea Fancast. Thankfully, still joined by Mr. Mark Mean. Good evening, everybody. And Mr. Tony Glover. Good evening. Let's sort of look ahead to that Carabao Cup game because, Mark, you mentioned on Friday how big this game would be if we lost at the weekend and obviously we did lose. Um, <laughs> and Going out of the Cup early on, because we've already played around, round, it feels like this is a bit further on in the Carabao Cup, but this is actually the third round. Um, and last season, when we lost in both Cups early on. It is a huge blow, isn't it? And this team needs a bit of confidence, as we said already. A perfect opportunity, isn't it?
1: I, I think it's the absolute perfect opportunity, Dean especially on the back of the loss on Sunday. Take Tony's point about Brighton. Me, I'm, I'm nonplussed about Brighton, but I do understand they've got a few people's noses out of joint. So, who better to play on Wednesday and knock out the competition would be Brighton. But it ain't going to be an easy game. They have made a good start the season. They are third in the table. it be interesting what side they put out, never mind what we put out. This is a really important game. We have to win this on Wednesday. As I said, if we don't win this on Wednesday... We realistically, unless we have a miraculous Conte-style 32-game run in between now and the end of the season, we'll only have the FA Cup to play for. And knowing our track record, you know, those bastards at the FA will put the balls in the fridge and will draw Man City away like we did last season, and our season will be over before it's begun in, in the first week of January. And we, we, As you said, we got knocked out of two competitions early last season. A, a cup run is going to be really important to this group of players. Yeah, and I suppose, Tony, you mentioned
2: teams not taking the League Cup seriously. Um, and I'm not th- I am not. think we should have still work the front of our minds, but it's probably the best opportunity we've got this season. Obviously, the league's gone. The FA Cup teams do take that a bit more seriously. I know Pep likes its competition.
3: But it's yeah,
2: a for young players to, to make a name for themselves.
3: Absolutely. i I, I go back to, to Mourinho. Look, <laughs> Um, I remember going back, and I I might not like Ken Bates, um, but he always had the ethos. um, If you're going into a competition, try and win it. (laughs) That's what you did. And even
1: invent one, Tony,
3: that you did win. (laughs) Yes, exactly, that we did win, yes. And I think that's the point. If you're going into these competitions, you should be going balls out to win them. uh, to, To denigrate the League Cup, as I've done before, okay? when we've been... You know, playing bigger games against with bigger fish to Brighton. and I thought, well, this is about cutting your cloth accordingly. You know, concentrate on the Champions League or the Premier League, or um, you know, even the FA Cup if you like, going to prioritise them in, in order. Um, but this is this is important to us. You know, we are we need that catalyst, and I think you know, if we if we beat Brighton, that would serve as a catalyst. That would feed some hope into the into the the whole club. Uh, possibly to the fan base um, uh, who may be a bit harder p- to persuade but for p- Pochettino and the players it will prove to them it will give them that little lift to prove to themselves that they're not duffers that they're not um, doomed to bad luck and, and failures. You know, sometimes uh, on the luck thing um, I can never remember which golfer it was I've, I've got a feeling it's Lee Trevino Um who after he'd won a competition said something, you know, sort of the commentator said, you know, um, you got a bit lucky to win that. And he said, it's funny that isn't it because the more I practice, the luckier I get. Right. Um, and I, I get his point completely. And I think if you, if we keep on the road, we're to, um There's been a lot of discussions about levels of fitness last season. Frank Lampard alluded to it um, in his podcast, um, interview that he did about you know what he found when he came into the club, um, you know the, I, I read somewhere that Tuchel didn't believe in having a conditioning coach or something like that, um, and Pochettino's got all of these in, so the players are having to work harder, they're having to you know, have, get an uplift for a few of the ones that were there under the previous managers, um, and I think that will come good in the end. I think you know we we didn't we haven't down tools. We we all know when the player's down towards. We've all seen it enough times now to know when they're not playing for a manager. This isn't the case this time. Not not anywhere near it. Um, I think under Potter, yeah, there was that there. I think under Frank Lampard, it was a case of just Alan Partridge, who cares? Like, you know, some of us won't be here next season. But under this, under Pochettino, I don't see it. And I think it is important that we win. I th- the The, the, the competition has gone up in our priority list. That's how it should be though. I, I do think that's how it should be. You know, when you're, when you're not in with the big boys temporarily, as I believe it is, then you've got to go and try and win what you can. We can we're not going to win anything in Europe, even if we write a bloody good song. We're not, no chance of going into that light, you know. Um, but I do think this, this could be important and, and the catalyst, a catalyst that could turn um, the season on its arse. If you like for us and, and and set us up on a on a decent run where we can start to climb the table and and start to get ahead in some of the competitions.
2: Yeah, I mean, March. I think because of that, you know, usually a cup game midweek, you would make some changes. You know, looking at maybe the goalkeeper Thiago Silva, maybe even Enzo. But because of how important this game is, and the fact that Fulham is Monday night, so there is that extra bit of you know, rest for the players over the weekend. You will go as
1: full strength as you can. I'd play a strong side. This is really important. We, ca- we can't faff about. Whilst it's great, you know, to blood the youngsters, et cetera, et cetera, I think it's really important we win on Wednesday night. We're not brightening out of this competition. Psychologically as well, I don't think it does any harm. I wouldn't change the goalkeeper. I'd keep Sanchez in the side as well. I might, as you said earlier on tonight, I'd rest Thiago Silva, but I think we've got other defenders that can come in and we'll either play Matson or Atilwell at left back. but We'll play a left foot player and a left back. At left back, and um, I play Mudrick again as well.
2: Yeah, and, and I
1: find room for Cole Palm. The bans for Gusto and Jackson are they for this game as well? I don't know actually. Yeah, I, is it an immediate ban or does that apply to the Premier League? I'm not. I'm not up on my. You know, yeah, um, about I, I,
3: I, it, I think the ban is only in that competition, so I think he's out for the next Premier League game, but might be right. available for tomorrow. Right. Let's see if someone on mix the corrects us before yeah. we to the pick yeah. of the team. Um,
1: but again, I'd even put you know, if he is fit, and I know we only saw ten minutes of him, um, I might even be tempted to play Broacha or at yeah. least a, a, a half of Broacha. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, Tony, one thing, I, I do want to see just for one game is a left back at left back, and seeing as we've got three of them to pick now,
3: yeah, <laughs> be able to do that. Yeah, I think he, and I think he will. I think I, I think he, yeah, I think he'll be acutely aware of of publicity surrounding us from both from a fans perspective from a, a media perspective uh and what people are starting to you know shift us slowly and and surely towards crisis club status or whatever um and i think he will play either matson or chilwell um at left back um if he doesn't play mudrick then chilwell with matson um and that seems to me good because mudrick is a raw talent. I think he, he. I thought he was a bit unfortunate to be subbed on 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 Sunday, but you know needs must again, and, and you make your, your decisions according to what's going on on the pitch. I think he's going to come good, um, and I think he he was good on Sunday. But I think maybe this is the time to say, yeah, we're going to go with a man who did very well on loan at Burnley. Was it Matson? Was that I think last season, um, and still yeah. well at left back. Um, uh, uh, at your wing back Uh, and and let Chilwell have a run at some of these Brighton players as well Um, you know um, and we're not in a great position, we must be due a few players back soon Um, but yeah I think that would be eminently sensible and uh, yeah I've never been a great fan of that I've always espoused the, the idea that they're professional footballers and when I was a kid if the manager of the school team said you're not Again, my up the teenager. You're not inside right today. You're outside right, yeah. Or you know, you're left back instead of right back. You might come. Well, I'm not left footed or whatever. But you, you were just happy to be chosen out on the pitch and playing, and you do your damnedest to, to to justify and and and, and do the, the role proud if you like and whatever. But I do think there is a case at the top level um, for where you can square pegs in square holes.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking up the the ban. Apparently, the um, rules count for all competitions.
3: Oh, so he's banned for tomorrow then?
2: Yeah, he's, Jackson's out and so's is Christophe, uh, of the team tomorrow. Right. And Bro- Brogier is in. Yeah, if not though, Mark, the player that I think would get a run out is, is Cole Palmer. Yeah. Uh, given his height, do you think he could be used as the, as the striker?
1: I, I'd more... If, if I was perhaps thinking about the side, I, I think defence, you could have a variable... But providing you have a left back at left back, so you could probably do a four two four two three one maybe. So you could have Les and Decido as as the two protecting the midfield. The three I would say could be Conor Gallagher, Mudrick and Palmer and Broja up front. And I'd rest Sterling and I'd rest Fernandez. Yeah, Tony, what about you? I don't
2: think Broja's is going to be fit to start if he only brought up 10 minutes. When we no, I think
3: he, he, well. he deserves that. It was obvious. There, there was there was a more obvious display of somebody who's been out for a season. It was Broger coming on and, and running around, puffing and huffing for 15 minutes without actually barely touching the ball. And actually going down and looking like he was bloody injured again. Um. So, I think he's, he deserves a half. Whether or not he deserves to start. I like the idea of Cole Palmer Uh, As a striker, from what I've seen, he's got an instinct and a a lovely, lovely ability to shoot and pass and everything. He looks good with his feet. I don't know what he's like as a header of the ball, but quite frankly, I'd take a goal off someone's butt cheek at the moment. Um, So I'd I'd be pleased with that. I think, I agree with Mark. I think this this is your time to probably rest some of the players who've been you know, week in, week out playing and Fernandes and uh Silva, yeah, I think there's enough in the squad to perhaps cover them. Um and it'll be interesting. It'd be nice to see Casido go up against his old because he might have points might might have points proof, sorry. That was a cramp in my leg then. Christ bloody hell. See? probably right now right now I'd be laying on the pitch refusing to roll off. (laughs) Um but yeah, I I I think We'll see some changes. I still think we should have enough to see them off. Is does it go to a, a replay or is it over and done with
1: penalties? Penalties,
3: yeah, right. right. Well, if we lose on penalties, I always think there's a bloody bit of a lottery anyway, but it would be nice to think that we can, you know, even if we squeeze out a shitty boring one nil, um it, it, just to take that breathing space. We don't play again until Monday, is it is that right? Yep, yeah, that's yeah. right. Follow. Yeah, be nice to you've got a few days to to, to, to to try and get the players G'd up for that game, a local derby. But yeah, um, I think there's a chance. Sanchez, I think I'd be surprised because I'm convinced, utterly convinced he got a knock yesterday. I'm absolutely convinced of it because of the... Uh, not Sanchez, Fernandez. sorry. Um, I'm absolutely convinced he got a knock. Um, I haven't talked about that. That might be a, a good point to, to stick Petrovic in and see what he's like. Um, although do you want to risk it on such an important game now you know no. um, yeah. well here's
2: I'll, I'll read the team out that I think um, we'll see uh, which I've got to change on air because I thought Gusto and Jackson were available but they're not uh, so Sanchez will be in goal uh, I think Diaz will go to right back um, and I think he'll bring Gilchrist in to play with Carl Will at centre half Chilcott left back uh, Casido and Leslie in midfield. Then you've got Mudrich, uh, Gallagher, Palmer, and then maybe Sterling as the striker. Um, and obviously, Broder's not fit, so how many minutes he can play, he can play. But, uh, Mark, do you think he will make that sort of bold move with, with Gilchrist or it be
1: Silver playing uh, in the team again? For me, it's got to be Gilchrist or Chalabar. I think you've got to rest Silva. Yeah, uh, and Tony, I know you sort of mentioned
2: uh already, but because there's no striker, maybe even putting Mudrich up front and trying to use some pace if Brighton are going to have the ball and try and come at us,
3: he's got to do um, something. To do. Yeah, I am I, I'm, I, I don't know, I, I like Mudrich, I don't want to, I don't want to drown him before he. Before he gets, uh, whatever, it, it it might be a game for him to rise. I think I would rather we took the chance on on the first half with Brozier.
1: Me too. Yeah.
3: Um, and, and see where he goes from there. You know, Pochettino will know at half time how he feels. You know, we've always we've got this elusive thing called match fitness. He patently didn't have that yesterday. Um, You know, but he came on and it, it gave the crowd lift, gave us, you know, the team a bit of lift. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd be prepared to start him because uh, if he was fit for 15 or 20 minutes, he should be at least fit for one half, the first half. Um, you know, if he scores a hat-trick and we're 3-0 up, take him off and put, put um, Madrid up front, actually take him off and put, um, I don't know.
2: I think we'll build a stack
3: of... It, put Petrovic up front if you're 3-0 up, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you, you know, it, it it will be a decision made, ben, But I, I, I would see Brozier start,
2: I think. Yeah, well, we will obviously find out on Wednesday evening uh, as the team news uh, breaks to us. Um, before we before we go, then um, Mark prediction for the game. Chelsea go through on penalties. That's yes, that's good enough for me. I'll take that, Tony. <laughs>
3: well, you know I I'm I'm always a bloody pessimist, right? Uh, when it comes to predictions, because I always like to think that that way I'm never disappointed. <laughs> but I'm going one nil Chelsea.
2: One 0 Chelsea. I can never not predict us to win. I don't see where a win's coming from, but I'll I'll go with mark penalties because nil nil full time.
1: They're, they're bloody awful penalties, but yeah, we had two Carabao Cup games last season against Southampton and Aston Villa, and we won both in penalty shootouts. And, you know, and it is when you win it, it's just a tremendous answer and the buzz people have leaving the ground, even though them goes only the carabao cup yeah there there is something about winning a penalty shootout that is absolutely fantastic yeah yeah the more dramatic the win the better i think for this team yeah and we've got a goalkeeper who's a big bugger so i'd quite fancy him to save the penalty yeah hopefully if it comes to that of course um sadly
2: that is all we've got time for tonight i think we've gone on long enough um before we go just a shout out for our patron if you love what we do please consider supporting the show and chitch by becoming a patron uh, there's no tears. You can donate as much or as little as you like uh, per month. All Patrons will receive the signed Kerry a mini banner, and you can join in the Discord group with like minded Chelsea fans. Uh, so to sign up, you head to www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen the fan uh, Mark, thanks for stepping in. Sort of very last minute for you, actually.
1: Um, no, so- Dean, so, you know, happy to come on. As I said at the start of the show. the yeah, if we've done anything to help people out, as you just said, there's no tears on the Chelsea fan cast. So hopefully right. there's been no tears tonight. <laughs> um, and, and it was. It's just like yesterday was tough for people, tough support from Chelsea, element of frustration. But as I said, during the night, um, um, d- during the show tonight, I think it's helpful, you know, go to football. Your friends is part of why you go to football. Yeah. And I went with all my friends to the cock tavern after the game yesterday. And in there, while I'm in there with my mates, just met some good Chelsea people. Ben yeah. was in there. Richard Shallow was in there. Tim yeah. was in there. Nathan, Di, Chelsea was in there with her, Martin Wickham, Simon Kerr, good people that you could have a really set, yeah, you know, all pissed off that Chelsea lost, all frustrated, yeah. but all good Chelsea people you could have a, a reasonable, sensible conversation with. And I, that that's therapeutic and that helps enormously. Yeah, so by the time you get home, you just sort of think, shit, we lost, but you, know, you, you feel a little bit better sharing your pain with other people. Yeah. Yeah, well, I
2: certainly feel better, and a lot of that is down to you, Tony. Actually, I think we really needed you tonight. Stepped up uh, for, for Dan, who's just come back from a holiday. But uh, I
3: think I think Dan, Dan would agree with everything I've said. There you go. Um, and, and and it is true. I mean, I don't. I, I I've been. I, I haven't done a fan cast for a few weeks, and uh, um, I, I I did a I did my ten or eleven CFC observations that I do after the game trying to keep a lid on kind of negative emotions and, and trying to put a, a, a voice of reason across it. That doesn't make me a club shill. It doesn't make me uh, uh, an owner's pet. Um It makes me somebody, you know, I, I, I think like Mark and like you, we've seen everything. We've won stuff we couldn't believe. There was always going to be a reset period. You could argue that we've been in this period of transition since 2017, we haven't laid a finger on the Premiership. We've not laid a glove on Manchester City mm. since then, uh, apart from a Champions League win, right? Um, yeah, now that night, you know, when you walked away from it, most people would have been saying, yeah, there was we won that game, but you know, there, there, there was some play- papering over the cracks going on there. And we saw that, obviously, the following season. Um, if you're anything like me, you've been crying out for stability, For some sort of long term or medium termism, you know, around where where the club goes. It's a different model. We haven't got Sugar Daddy lobbing billions in. Um, We've got something completely different. Uh, And I just don't, I I go back to what I said, I just don't think you spend the money they've spent to fail, especially if you're American, because, you know, for them, second is nothing, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. And they can't get relegated because they don't know what it is. No
3: it's
1: oh, yes. well, said. <laughs> and they must have thought it was the draft that we got so many young players this season for <laughs> the <laughs> <a> practice squad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and yeah. of course, thanks to
2: um, everybody that's listened along in Mixler and joined in with the show as always. Um, and there was some emails this week because JK was feeling unwell. Um, I haven't included them, so I feel like you get shortchanged if he doesn't read them out. Yeah. Um, so if Agreed. he's back this week we will record it if not they'll move to next week um, that's it from us this week uh, those with the champagne bottles and party poppers can let them off now because you'll be delighted to hear that the main man Mr Stanford is back on Friday alongside JK and Mr Tony Glover to preview oh. the football match uh, and look oh. back at the Brighton Carabao Cup game of course uh, I they... like
3: Mudrick all I needed was a cut of starts yeah
2: absolutely Well, <laughs> you're cramping up so you might need a late
3: sub and, oh yeah you know, well, you know, late you know. that was embarrassing yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: but until then keep it blue keep it carefully and keep it Chelsea
3: Up
0: the Chelsea <laughs>